Greetings, everyone. Stephanie here. Well, we've made it. 2020 is over. We survived this dumpster fire of a year. And now we're here to celebrate the best that anime has to offer with our 2020 W Awards. Seeing as how this usually is one of the longer episodes for us in the year, I'm going to attempt to say the disclaimer as quickly and clearly as possible because, let's face it, you just want to get to the actual show. <clears throat> here goes. <gasps> Warning, the Dub Talk podcast contains language and content that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Also, there may be spoilers for various anime throughout the course of the episode, so please use caution in case there is a series you have not finished yet. And finally, the opinions expressed are those of the individual participants and may not reflect the Dub Talk podcast as a whole. Oh, holy shit, I somehow did it. Oh, I hope I get an award for this. All right, ladies, gentlemen, and all other anime fans, let's start the 2020 W Awards. Hello, one and all, and welcome to the 2020 Dub Talk Podcast W Awards. Woo! Yay! We fucking did it. We fucking did it, fam. 2020 was a huge disaster. <sighs> but we're alive. 2020 <laughs> we was here. so much of a disaster that I'm not even drinking for this. <laughs> that that's yeah. That's how much of a disaster 2020 was. Um of course, here for the W Awards are my are the three OG hosts. I'm Stephanie. He's Hardy, and she's Megan. I live, but at what cost? Everything. Uh, the cost of everything. I should be less groggy than I am, but this week has felt like twenty years. Oh God, the day we're recording this, this week alone. This week Jesus aged. Christ. We started with Bean Dad, and we ended at Trump getting banned on Twitter. <laughs> uh, it's in that time I could have raised a child. It's like 20... being in the hyperbolic time chamber of stupid. <laughs> twenty twenty one is off to a great start at the time of recording the W Awards, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, representing the rest of the hosts plus one editor Jackson, uh, we have Andrew stepping in once again. Hello! Thank you guys for having me. It's always a pleasure. All beautiful people. Jesus fucking Christ, 2020 was a thing. Yeah. Fun fact that when Andrew does this, he actually starts channeling all the other hosts at once. It's a yes. lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. God has spoken! <laughs> God. <laughs> Are we giving Andrew the title of God now? No, Megan's new favorite anime of this season so far that she's checked out is Heaven's Design Team, and she's mad at Crunchyroll for not dubbing it. Gotcha. Anyway... Speaking did you of know dubs, that the Did you know that the anteater tea poses when it feels threatened? Jesus Christ. The more you know. Uh, speaking of dubs, we're here for the W Awards, our yearly shebang where we celebrate uh, everything from the anime dubbing community in the past year. Uh, real quick, uh, before we really get started on the awards, we I want to make sure. It is made very clear that there are changes to some of the qualifications for the awards this year. Uh, real freaking quick. 
Uh, so there we have made some changes, some of which were mentioned last year. Uh, if you're new here, though, and you are not aware of how what our guidelines are for selecting awards, uh, including nominees for the Viewer's Choice Awards uh, that we have this every year, um, here is a quick rundown. So for the 2020 W Awards, the English dubs have to have premiered between December, December 1st of 2019 and October, no, September 30th, excuse me, of 2020. Uh, starting in the next year, for 2021, uh, the change for qualification will be October 1st of 2020 through September 30th of 2021. This is to more coincide with seasonal anime, uh, rather than being smack dab cut off in the middle of a dang season, because shit happens. Um, sequels, prequels, and reboots do qualify, however... We ask that hosts cannot award a show or a performance for two consecutive years. Uh, just to be a little fair. Uh, the OG hosts are allowed to pick two winners for each category. The other remaining hosts plus our editor, Jackson, can only pick one. Uh, the following series were given exception to be included in the 2020 W Awards. They are Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Golden Wind, Assassin's Pride, Actors Songs Connection, and Ahiro no Sora. So if you wonder why some of these shows are might possibly get some awards tonight, that's why. The following series have received exemption for this year and may potentially qualify for the 2021 W Awards. Uh, because, let's face it, this year has been a massive pile of shit and a dumpster fire. So the th there's three. We have A3, Listeners, and Season 2 of Isekai Quartet. Those three, um, if they do complete runs next year, uh, they will qualify for the 2021 W Awards. And, as a final note, to create more inclusivity, the categories for Best Actor and Actress have been changed to Best Leading and Best Supporting Performances. Uh, both of these categories are gender neutral. And I think that's it. We did add one previously unannounced award um, that has been added to the mix, and we will talk about that much later in the show. Uh, but I think, unless there's any other things I'm forgetting, I think we can get started with the actual award show. Time for our award show to be more in-depth about dubs than the Crunchyroll Awards will ever be. Ooh. Not Man, we're just, we're just, you're just, you're not even, like, building up for it. You're just, you're just going for it. I'm salty! Fair enough. <laughs> That's a conversation for another day. I'm just uh, saying, you could have dubbed the cute show about making animals instead of the creepy show about the guy who has to assault girls to get level points back. Yeah. Is that a thing? That's the hidden dungeon only I can enter. Oh, that's what that's about. Oh, I just thought, oh, oof. oof. Mm. <laughs> let's get to the awards where Megan can be happy. Yes, we, let's make this a fun, positive time. Because we like having fun with this award show. And we want to make it fun for everybody at home. Because this is, for us, this is a time, this is a time to celebrate everything we love about dub, about um, anime and their English dubs. So, our first award of the night is going to be the Underrated Performance Award. This award is given to performances that just seem to have flown under the radar a little bit, in more ways than one. 
uh, normally in years past, we've had the OGs go first. We're going to try something a little bit different. And we are actually going to have Andrew go first as our host surrogate and read off the winners of the other hosts pick uh, for this award. So, Andrew, take it away. Thank you very much, Stephanie. Uh, right. Starting off with the other hosts channeling all of their energy in. Beginning with Noah Clue. Noah Clue's choice for underrated performance goes to Shakina Nafak for Tokyo Godfathers. He says, Seeing Satoshi Kon's Christmas classic finally dubbed was a great surprise this year. Equally delightful with Shakina's spot-on portrayal of Hana in all her optimistic flair. And since this was a dub for an older film, yes, 17 years is now considered old, I absolutely have to highlight Shakina's performance. Uh, Jet's pick for underrated performance goes to Elizabeth Maxwell for After the Rain. He says, Elizabeth Maxwell is pretty well known for the tougher characters she plays, but even though Haruka is softer sounding than her usual typecast, she played her really well and did a good job selling her desire to fix her friendship with Akira. I hope she gets to do more stuff like this in the future. Roots' choice for underrated performance goes to Merit Layden from Ride Your Wave. I think Ride Your Wave is a great film that'll get lost in the shuffle for dub watchers given a potential theatrical run had to be scrapped. Merit Layden, I thought, was the standout performance, and I hope more people give it a try, especially with it now streaming on HBO Max. Chill, chill. Gigi's pick for underrated performance goes to Stephen Kelly for Actors Songs Connection. She says, I really like dub performances that sound conversational and aren't over the top all the time, and Stephen gave us this in Actors. I can't wait to hear more from him in the future. My personal pick for underrated performance goes to Avery Smithheart for O Maidens in Your Savage Season. Sonozaki is the best character in an already great show, so oh, doing her justice is a tall order as is. Avery makes her funny, silly, awkward, and endearing all at once. In my humble opinion, one of her absolute best performances. Amon's pick for underrated performance goes to Aaron Dismuke in Toilet Bound Hanako-kun. Mm, okay. he, he says, I know Natsuhiko is basically a one-note gad character, but God Dismuke makes him sound so funny in his complete obliviousness. Give this dude a spinoff where he narrowly escapes death and moons over women who hate him all the time. <laughs> I'd fucking watch that. Good lord. Jamal's pick for underrated performance goes to Morgan Loray for Kakushi Goto. I've never heard Morgan do a kid's voice before, but she managed to capture Hime's childlike sense of wonder beautifully, even as the character matures on down the road. And finally, it's time for our editor's choice for underrated performance. Uh, Jackson's pick is Janelle Lutz in One Piece. He says, Look, man, Monet is my One Piece best girl, and I've been anticipating her appearance long before the dub's two-year time skip, and it was everything I'd hoped for. Janelle is perfect as this playfully sadistic snowbird. 
And with that... I want to make a horny joke, but I can't do it to Jackson. He's too good. <laughs> Don't do it to Jackson. Honestly, Don't Jackson do it to gets, him. Jackson's Jackson a good gets boy. exempt from the horny pass. He's not Josh. <laughs> I can't kick shame him. I, no, <laughs> I say, Jackson's he's a good, good boy. enough that I will kick shame him. God damn it. <laughs> um, I didn't realize we didn't establish an order for the three of us. Fuck what it, I'll go, for, I'll go first this okay. time. And then, and then we'll just go... Do you want to have a set order, or do you want me just to go first? Okay, Todd. Do you want me? Do you want to have a set order? Because I'll go first every time. I don't care. I mean, uh, if it makes it easier. I was gonna suggest we'll decide for the whole thing. <laughs> you know, know what? what? Fuck it. We'll do it live. You know what? Fuck it. We'll do it live. We'll do every it segment. Decide. We'll decide. We'll decide. That's our new fun segment for the W Awards. We'll decide. We'll decide. <laughs> Someone pull up. We'll decide. Hardy, you do it. Hardy. Okay. <laughs> Oh, oh, Andrew will do it. Yeah, let Andrew do it. Let okay. Andrew we'll, do it. We'll reality. Turn, turn, turn. And now on today's new segment on the W Awards, fucking wheel decide. We'll decide. <laughs> we'll decide who has to speak first. Does that mean Steph gets to be Vanna? <laughs> no, because I'm one of the contestants. Remember? Alrighty, All right. I have a. So wheel. is Andrew is Andrew both Vanna and uh, Jack? His name is Jack, right? So are we doing this for every round, or is this just who goes? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. You Fuck ready? It. Let's go, bitch. Wheel this wheel of dubrality. Turn, turn, turn. <laughs> and who's our first contestant Stitch. there, babe? Megan. Hey, we did that for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, can you give us your winners for underrated, <laughs> underrated Sh performance? Sure. I'll start with my, I guess, silver place. It's not silver place because they're both my choice, So, but I'll say one first. I'm going to start off with Ivan uh, Hasso for Opere Ranman as Kosume. Because okay. Opere got a lot of love from a lot of people watching the show. And whenever I heard it, it was always, wow, Lee George is really good. Or wow, Ace Anderson's really good. Or, or wow, Susie Young's really good. And here's the thing. They're all fantastic. Like, Opera Ranman is not only, I think, one of my favorite dubs of the year, it is genuinely just one of my favorite shows this year. Um, it is a fantastic show. It is one of the easiest dubs I have ever had to marathon for this podcast. And Ivan's performance, I think it, while it does start a little rocky, by the time the show was over, I didn't want to see him go. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted more of his performance. There was something so strong and kind in it and I talked about it on our episode which this is coming out afterwards so I can say that um, yep. but god it, it's such a fantastic performance and I think a lot of people really don't know I uh, Yvonne's work like we do um, he's a fantastic actor and mm -hmm. I think um, especially Caitlin Glass utilizes him fabulously um and definitely his performance as Kosame and Opere is fantastic. My other pick is one, because I know a lot of people haven't been talking about this, because I don't think that a lot of- Mostly because the dub isn't totally out on streaming, like mm -hmm. three-fourths of it is. And okay. my other pick is going to be for Christina Kelly as Nanami uh, Aoyama in The Pet Girl of Sakura So. Okay. It is a fantastic performance that is genuinely one of the top performances in the show. It is moving. It is funny when it needs to. When 
Christina has to turn on the drama. It absolutely ripped my heart out. Um, it was great, and I highly suggest you talk it out. And one of again, I hope this episode is out before this goes up because it better be. Is there's the use of accent work that she does mm. that is very good at how it gets integrated into the character's growth and performance into the show. And I think that done wrong, it would have come out really obnoxiously, but Christina nailed it. And again, because number one, the entire dub of this isn't out unless you have the home video. Mm-hmm. And two, it is kind of relegated to high dive, which apparently everyone doesn't remember exists. Yeah. Um, it's kind of sad because there are some good shows on high dive. Yeah, it's not like they're an incompetent streaming service or anything. Um, they're there not. But Christina's performance in Sakurso is great. All right, spin the wheel. Who's wheel next? Decide, wheel decide. Wheel decide. Wheel of morality. Turn, turn, turn. Turn, turn, turn. Who's the one that's gonna get embarrassed? Spaceman Hardy. All <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. So this is gonna be a little bit controversial. Oh boy. You always you... say that every year, year at some point. <laughs> yeah, it's usually for this award. Okay. It usually is, actually, now you said it. And it's no different, because there's no rule that's saying that both performances can't be from the same show. This year... You are correct. Yeah. Um, I would like to talk a little bit about stunt casting, which mm. is getting someone who is not a typical voice actor, someone maybe for like a minor celebrity or such, to voice in an anime movie in order to uh, increase mainstream appeal. Sometimes this works, and you get performances like Phil Hartman and uh, in uh, Kiki's Delivery Service. Sometimes this falls completely apart because anim- uh, regular actors are not really necessarily voice actors, or if they are voice actors, they're they're doing it for prelay, and they're able to wrap the animation around their performance, like what Disney does a lot. That usually doesn't happen in anime, and a lot of times you end up with an A-list celebrity who just sounds bad. But when it works, and it not only are those celebrities good in the dub, but they're the standout performances in the dub. Better than the actual actors. Okay. It really says something. And so for this year, I'm going to give my underrated performance award to Lee Pace and Allison Brie for weathering the I year. knew it! I there knew you were going there! Yes, because Weathering With You, in my opinion, was not the best movie. It you can was, say that again. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. both the dub and the film were not a good follow-up to its predecessor by any means. They had good parts to it, but it was just, in general, a letdown. And I hated that ending. I really hated that ending. Yeah, but, um, oh my god, it's so bad. <laughs> yeah, but no, I think in general, the, both Lee Pace and Allison Brie were the standout performances in their parts, and they really were good. And it's weird hearing the voice of Diane coming out of Big Titty Onesama, like Andrew has said. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's said. literally my fucking line. I was gonna say, I'm like, I'm the one that said that. I'm like, I'm oh. not gonna lie. I find it really funny that you guys all of all like equate Allison Brie to Diane from BoJack. And I equate her to her character from Community. Oh, actually, I, I, uh, I, and her character from Glow as well. <laughs> People forget that. 
Remember, yeah. kid. Remember, kids. Weathering with you says guns are bad. <laughs> eat your eat your McDonald's. <laughs> they paid yeah. money so, I mean, for that I, actual I, McDonald's sponsorship. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's okay. He got precuring. But anyways, we got two really good performances from an otherwise lackluster dub. So good on them. Um, let's hope stunt casting works out better in the future. Mm-hmm. Looks over at Earwig. Well, it's your turn now. I know. Wait, no. Andrew's got to spin the wheel. <laughs> wheel of morality. Turn, turn, turn. Who is the victim that must be turned? Hey, Megan, it's you again. Hey, guess what? Let me talk more about Ivan and Christina. No, go ahead, Steph. <laughs> Uh, I like this new joke we have going on tonight. Okay, um, you know every you now know that every single Dubby's like promo image has to be a fucking wheel of fortune gif, including the <laughs> Metropolitan Mutant of Arc. God damn it! Okay, all right, underrated performance. So, <laughs> my two winners are probably what you expect from me, but also maybe not. But for various reasons. Oh, Not... I can't believe you gave Andrew an award for his sex noises during your time in bed. God damn it. <laughs> oh, hey, joke on you. Shot. I've been told that it needs work. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Uh, anyway. I can't wait for you to I can't wait for you to be to learn from AJ's head tight dubbing one oh one. Oh my god, AJ, I can't- Shut up! Eric, I can't Guys. wait for that. Please, let me do this. Okay. God damn. Um, so, my two winners are probably exactly who you would expect, but maybe not. And I picked them for various reasons. So my silver award goes to an actor who, uh, maybe a couple years ago was still fairly new. But, uh, he also voiced an upcoming villain. And, uh, he did a good job. And then this year he, uh, voiced a villain. And I was blown away. <laughs> and it took me a second to recognize who it was. The second I saw his motherfucking stand pop on screen. Ah! So my silver award goes to Kellen Goff as Diavolo slash King Crimson in JoJo's Dark Adventure Golden Wind. Uh, <laughs> JoJo as a show, this is my first time actually giving awards for JoJo too. That's amazing. Oh yeah, I forgot we could do that this year. Yeah. No, I'm um, JoJo as a show can be very hammy and campy and it's just crazy at times. And I think Callan's portrayal of Diavolo um, as the major antagonist for the whole show was just, it, it was hammy, it was scene stealing, it was just wonderful. And every second of it was great. That people probably like more of the performances from the show from like Ray Chase or Sean Shiplock or Phil Reich or anybody else in the cast. That it's maybe his performance went under the radar a tiny bit. But I feel like it was a, one of the standout performances for me when I watched the show. So Kellen gets my silver. However, for my gold award, when you have to voice your entire family and sing songs and act like a complete gremlin, <laughs> but sometimes it might go unnoticed, uh, being Kaylee Mills and Welcome to Demon School Irma Crew might be suffering, but fuck it, it's worth it. Um, yeah, we, we, just, we talked about this on the episode itself. 
she has to play this gremlin child, Clara, who is just energetic, out there, just playful, cute, humorous, um, yet still has her slight emotional moments, even though this show is more comedy. Uh, but again, from a technical aspect, <laughs> from a technical aspect, she has to voice five other members of her family, including her mother, and like four younger siblings, and she has to sing all of the songs because all the songs in the show are dubbed. And if I remember correctly, at least for any of the songs for the Valak family, Kaylee also wrote the songs. <laughs> so Kaylee had a lot of work to do with Clara and the, and the entire Valak clan. So, and it was fantastic. So because of that, she's getting my gold for underrated performance. Uh, I, need to I need to correct you on something, Stephanie. It's not Valak uh -oh. clan, it's Valak fam. Ah, shit. Uh, Andrew, just tip the fedora so hard that your head goes up your ass. <laughs> With horror! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounded like it hurt. Anyway. It did. <laughs> moving on. Uh, moving on to our next award, we're going to be going into the Voice Actor to Watch Award. So this award is for actors that we feel are either up and coming voice actors or we think had maybe at least a good year that squarely put them on that squarely put them on our radar and should be on everybody's radar so andrew would you please go over the winners of the other hosts for their voice actors to watch please why yes i will thank you starting off noah clues voice actor to watch is Lizzie Freeman. Mm. Regarding Magia Record, Felicia's bratty persona could have been given an archetypal tsundere performance, but I was genuinely surprised by Lizzie's injection of innocence and spunkiness that made her performance one of the most surprising in a show already full of surprises. I understand she had a very productive 2020, so definitely keep an ear out for Lizzie in 2021. As for Jet... His voice actor to watch is Zeno Robinson. He says, He's really been killing it this year, and between characters like Hawks and Go, it seems like he's a name we're going to be seeing a lot more of, and with how great his work's been so far, I'm really looking forward to it. Roots' voice actor to watch is Lee George. He says, this isn't for any one particular role of his this year, as it is his incredible range he's displayed. From Toe in Smile Down the Runway to the titular Opere in Opere Ranmon. I'm curious to see where his career takes him. Gigi's voice actor to watch is Rye McKean. She says, Ooh, okay. Rye has been on my shortlist for, the, for this award for a couple of years now, but with his leading performance in the hysterical Two Love Rue dub, why? How is this so funny? This is so off-brand for me. He definitely deserves the golden microphone. Watch out for him, friends. He's going places. <laughs> to which, at the time of recording this, congrats to Rai, as well as the other additions to the Attack on Titan dub. Mm-hmm. Sadly, we are all not together getting drunk watching the beginning of a season. 
Therefore, none of us can watch Jamal scream his head off. <laughs> Maybe another day. Maybe another day. Yes. <clears throat> anyway. As for me, my personal award for voice actor to watch goes to Emmy Lowe. Emmy's been around for a little bit, but I feel like this year has really put her on my radar. For me, her performance as Hototo in Apare Ranman really highlighted her impressive vocal range and brought Hototo to life and made him an absolute pleasure to watch. By the way, I should mention, I'm referring to Hototo, not Hototo. Just so there's no confusion at all whatsoever. Everybody who's not watched the show is like, the fuck? He's like, what are you talking about? If someone can just visually edit a picture of the prairie dog just looking, like, coming up from the bottom of the screen and then sinking down the entire time. Oh, I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> also, Hardy, I swear. Oh, that's Roots. I was like, who the fuck's got the hot sauce thing from uh, SpongeBob as their, as their Google Docs icon? I thought it was Hardy. Nope, it's my boyfriend. It's of course your boyfriend. <laughs> it's absolutely your boyfriend. Why is it always my boyfriend who's doing the meme shit? Why? Anyways. I date a guy who literally has a C-Lab 2021 icon right now, so I can't even say anything. Anyways. That's how you know you got on. a good one. Moving on, Andrew. As for Amon, Amon's voice actor to watch is Lee George. George played Opere in Opere Ranman masterfully, a tricky role to pull off given how affected and odd Opera is as a character and a sure sign of his obvious talent. While that isn't his first major role in a series, it tells me that we'll be seeing great stuff from Lee George in the future. Uh, Jamal's pick for voice actor to watch, Ace Anderson. Ace gives off a CeeLo boondocks kind of vibe to his character TJ. I'm curious to see what more he'll bring to the table down the road. I like that description. And now for the editor's choice for voice actor to watch. Jackson's pick goes to Reba Burr. Reba has been on lock for this award ever since episode one of Ascendance of a Bookworm just, just missed the 2019 cutoff. Since then, she's had a terrific year playing and excelling at range of characters from a magical child prodigy, a friend to a monster sorcerer and a self-absorbed chicken. Self-absorbed chicken? Chicken? Okay. I'm very curious to what that is, but I'm... We're going to need clarification from Jackson later. Jackson, uh, Jackson, yell at me in Discord. I'm going to ask you about that in Discord. Just yell at me there. <laughs> we'll decide. We'll decide. Turn, turn, turn. Who's first? All right. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> we'll decide says... You, sweetie. Oh, cool. Awesome. Voice actor to watch, huh? Uh, okay. <laughs> Y'all are gonna fucking hate me. Um. God damn it, Mal. <laughs> I don't know why you're dying, but okay. No, can I? <laughs> you alive? <laughs> Megan? I'm not! <laughs> you alright there, buddy? Madeline Morris. As of 7.52 p.m., just tried to throw back a handful of Chex Mix and shoved a pretzel stick directly up my nose. <laughs> gentlemen, <laughs> gentlemen, please, one sooner at a time. 
being Madeline Morris apparently is suffering when it comes to Chex Mix. How? <laughs> that's a, that's like that's actually, that's actually impressive. Right that's like a nat one. That's amazing. <laughs> oh god. Whew. Okay, I gotta bring it back in. Okay, y'all are gonna hate me with my voice actor to watch. Well, you might love me, but you're gonna hate me for like two seconds. I have a bronze winner. No, no, <laughs> fuck off. Fuck off. No, you no, don't. No, 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 no. You're going to love the reason why I do. I no. have a bronze winner. His name is Adam Rowe, but he doesn't fucking count. I already gave him the damn award in 2017. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck Shut you, up. bitch. Um, I had to. Sorry. I wanted to make that joke. Um, but I, I was considering him. But then I remembered... 2017 exists, and I gave it to him then. Gotta follow your so own rules! <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can't give it to him again. Um, but, my actual winners. Uh, these are two, these are two performances and two actors that I think really stood out to me this year, among all of the other up-and-coming and newer voice actors for this year. And while I did consider individuals like Zena Robinson and Jonah Scott, um, I went elsewhere. My silver award goes to, I believe someone gave their voice actor to watch award to this person either last year or the year before for a role in, for a role in, it was Roots, for a role in a series that probably he only watched. <laughs> Um, but I want to give it to this individual this year because, god damn, did he not only stand out in the show, he carried it through as, you would think he's the secondary lead, but I think of him more as the actual lead than the lead themselves. I'm going to give it to Gabe Kunda for my silver award because I really love his role as of Kabaragi in Decadence. Uh, Decadence as a show has its flaws. <laughs> it really does. But um, Gabe's portrayal of Kabaragi not only was a mix of stoicism and emotionless in the beginning, but it slowly develops into a much more broader character as the series goes on. And if you're not familiar with Decadence, Lord Almighty, the show is fucking wacky as shit sometimes, especially in the premise. But Gabe Kunda definitely sold me um, for Kabaraki, so he gets my silver. My gold for voice actor to watch. If you talked to me about this actor a few years ago when a certain series came up, I unfortunately would not have the best opinion of that performance. However, give us 2020, give us a few major roles in a couple of series that I really, really fucking enjoy. And you get Lee George taking my gold. <laughs> because a few of us can attest to this. A few years ago when Free was a thing and L Lee George was part of the cast in the new season, it wasn't a great start. And unfortunately, we may have had poor opinions on the performance and things like that 
if any, if 2020 at least taught me anything, is that Lee George is fucking fantastic. Uh, with Toe from Smile Down the Runway, Apare and Apare Ranman. Andrew and I just finished Kakashi Goto the other day, and he had a one episode role, and I liked it anyway. <laughs> like, he's definitely grown on me in the past year, and um, he's certainly someone that needs to be on your radar at this point. So, Lee George 100% is my gold for voice actor to watch. Well said. Wheels decide, wheel decide, turn, turn, turn. Alrighty, the wheel goes to Hardy. How you doing, Alright, I'm doing fine. Let me pull up my list here for voice actor to watch. For the longest time, who I put in my silver was actually going to be my gold. Mm. Because this guy came out with his very first anime performance and gave quite possibly one of my strongest leading roles that I've heard of this year. Okay. And so I definitely say keep Jonah Scott on your radar. Mm. He's got some definite uh, leading man vibes. And even going into new roles in the future, he's already got some really, really good uh, roles set up. But for my gold award, can we just all agree that no one has had a bigger glow up this year than Zeno Robinson? Yes. I have him yes. down here for Fire Force's Ogun, but this man has exploded. Absolutely just dominated uh he's doing commercials for mcdonald's for chicken mcnuggets uh i forgot he's doing that now fitting fitting yeah. for the guy who plays hawks, plays hawks. <laughs> chicken nuggets let's go bitch yeah he's one of <laughs> he's one of two it. he's one of two lead roles aside from ash ketchup in the new pokemon yes he's had a huge fucking year honestly. but they all pale in comparison because he got to be on an episode of Animaniacs and have a rap battle against Yakko Warner himself. You're fucking right! Rob Pulser. Right. God, I know Animaniacs is not anime. Why are we talking about Animaniacs? Noah Clue fuck. has entered the chat. <laughs> but fuck you. Like, Noah fuck you, Clue has amazing. entered the chat. <laughs> Noah Clue has entered the chat. Animaniacs? But no, yes, yes. Okay, yep. I forgot about that. So yeah, you know, Zeno has had absolutely explosive year, and it looks it, it looks just better for him in the years to come. And I can't think of anyone else to uh, to take my goal for best voice actor to watch. If you want to remember just how fucking long 2020 was, Hawks was <laughs> this year. What? Hawks Z, Zeno being confirmed as Hawks, Hawks line this year. Last year yeah. Yep, because of Heroes Rising. Oh, Hawks. Every time you say Hawks, I just remember that one fucking TikTok of the guy yelling at his girlfriend. <laughs> Hawks, the flying hero. Oh, he's so good. I wish Hawk was real. You're doing that, and he's only in two episodes of the show? Oh, I read yeah. the manga. I don't give a fuck. Oh, God bless. <laughs> that is one of my favorite internet videos. <laughs> anyway, it's my turn. All right, it's Saturday night. I've got no date, a two-liter bottle of Chasta, and my all-rush mixtape. Let's do it. <laughs> Shit. Okay. All right, so my silver award for voice actor to watch goes to Emmy Lowe for Opera Ronmon. I know Emmy's been around for a while, and I genuinely enjoyed her work over the year uh, also in stuff 
like smile down the runway. But her take on Hototo was absolutely fantastic. I actually had no idea that she could do a little boy voice. Yep. And she did it very convincingly. She brought a humanity to Hototo instead of just being this annoying little kid character. Uh, and yes, I don't mean the fucking prairie dog. Um, by the end of the show, like, I genuinely felt, like, through her, her, Lee, and Ivan's perform, uh, Yvonne's performance, that those guys were family. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was fantastic. Just the evolution of their character. And now for my gold. Y'all going on about Zeno and, and Jonah. Let's talk about the other king of the glow up this year. Yes. A Mr. Alex Lee. Oh, yes. Alex oh. motherfucking Lee. Oh, a man one, who was in a car accident, had like his lung capacity broke down, and he still had a fucking banner year mm -hmm. from demons getting to be literally uh, having my entire opinion turned around on his character for a performance uh, as an Itsu. Uh, I'm sorry that you had to play the actual piece of human trash that is the lead to run to girlfriend. I'm sorry, dude. Uh, but for me, I actually put it down uh, for his his work in Adore uh, Hidoro as Kaiman. Fuck yeah! Because, uh, one, you would never ever in my life convince me that Kaiman and, and Zenitsu were played by the same human being. Um, and two, he just fucking exploded everywhere this year. Mm -hmm. um, Alex is a, a here-to-stay actor. And I think that his work is phenomenal. And not only his work, just like out in, like, actual anime and stuff. Um, I don't know if you've seen the video of him attempting to do the Kermit Kaiman video. Yes, I have. <laughs> that video fucking kills me. That video and him and Philip's Reich's Christmas video from last year. <laughs> oh, yes. I forgot about that. Oh, I post God. it every Christmas. It's my favorite Christmas video. Oh, it's a... um, oh yes. <laughs> but Alex is, like, no, that's obviously what I said before, no offense to Zeno and Jonah, because Zeno was definitely, like, up there for me, too. No, there was a lot of standout There was a lot of standout actors who maybe have been around the industry for a while, but, like, hadn't gotten their, like, big break mm -hmm. or, like, mainstream break, but definitely these, Alex was definitely, like, the first in foremost. Uh, for foremost, form thank you. I can English. The Chasta and the Rush hasn't kicked in yet. <laughs> um, thank you to all five of you who know what that's a reference to. Um, and yes, I did look it up before I went up to make sure I got it right. Uh, anyway, I'm done. So, what's the next award, Mom? Uh, I got a question for you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are y'all hungry right now? Mm. I could go for food. I actually haven't eaten dinner, so yes. I'm not even memeing. I'm actually hungry. She didn't actually eat dinner. Mom, I'm hungry. Please bring me cheese. I've just been snacking on, like, air fried Brussels sprouts and garlic aioli. And Andrew got Chinese as we were starting the recording. But, um, anyway. I'm starving. Y'all hungry? Own, I'm gonna eat my own fucking hand. Y'all hungry? Yes. Uh, I'm starving. I think I'm starving. So, my question is... What kind are we getting this year? Uh, moho. Moho pork. Moho pork? Okay. Oh, man. I'm, For like, I'm not gonna lie. My mom made moho pork on New Year uh, on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Have you guys ever, like, done your own moho pork and made Cubans out of it? No. no. Oh, 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 
for those in the back who have no fucking, for those in the back and those who are new to this, the W Awards, who have no fucking idea what we're talking about. It's my favorite award. <laughs> it's Hardy's favorite award. It's the motherfucking Golden Ham Award, boys and girls. We get that delicious, delicious ham. And this award is for performances who gave us the the juice, the, the, the cheese, the fucking ham. They steal and chew the scenery off fucking day andrew start us off what are the other what are the awards for all of the hosts our first slice of ham is going to noah clue noah clue Mm -hmm. is giving his golden ham award to garrett west for golden time he says Mm. mishandled as the golden time dub was overall the vocal highlight by far was garrett west's wacky 2d girl loving performance whose real name i've long forgotten it's the best kind of ham that's silly without being abrasive and arguably the best character in a show full of broken individuals jet's slice for the golden ham award goes to bryce pappenbrook for demon slayer he says while bryce had a lot of dissenters when he was first announced for this role he proved he had the right acting pork chops for the role and brought some quality oh, yes! ham by making Inosuke come off as a feral wild child, and he was a ton of fun to listen to. Ah, oh, yes, my son. <laughs> uh, Roots' slice for the Golden Ham Award goes to Ace Anderson for Apare Ranman. He says, Ace chewed up every scrap of scenery he could find and left nothing but pulp in his wake. A wonderful performance for what was his first major anime role. Gigi's slice for the Golden Ham Award goes to Scott Gibbs for Pet Girl of Sakurasu. She says, in our episode, you'll hear that Jin is the most Scott Gibbs performance to ever Scott Gibbs, and he plays up the comedy, the romance, the drama, the whole vibe of Pet Girl to the extreme. Definite best boy material. My personal slice for the Golden Ham Award goes to Ray Chase for Welcome to Demon School Irmakun. Ah! Never in my wildest dreams did I ever think combining a Shakespearean LARPer with a high school jock would be a thing. Ray Chase does all this <laughs> and more as Sobnox Sabro, and he chews the scenery so good, my dear rival. God damn it. Amon Slice for the Golden Ham Award goes to Bryce Pappenbrook in Demon Slayer. He says, I love it when Bryce gets to play not generic shonen protag roles, and it's even more fun when he plays one that are stuck at a 10 all the time. What a riot. Jamal's slice for the Golden Ham Award goes to Madeline Morris for Fire Force Season 2. It was hard coming up with a Golden Ham recipient. Then I remembered Inca from Five Nights at Fire Force. I mean Fire Force Season 2. Five Nights at Fire Force. (laughs) Wait, what? I don't get that joke. Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, I don't get the context. Inca is Maddie at her most unhinged Jesus Christ. (laughs) Jesus Jesus and the editor's choice for the golden ham slice award Jackson's pick goes to Shakina Nafak for Tokyo Godfathers he says 
not discounting all the great pathos Shakina brings to the role, but Hana is a very animated and expressive character, and she does a fantastic job matching Satoshi Kon's intensity. We yo, we yo, we yo. All right, who gets Hardy the first slice? Who gets the first slice? Who gets the first slice? First slice goes to Hardy. Oh boy, am I hungry? Woo! Give him, give him two slices. He needs it. Oh, Hardy, He's a boy. Hardy, I want you to do your your manliest oh boy Mickey voice. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Anyway, go ahead, Hardy. All right. So this year I, for Golden Ham, uh, for my Silver Award, everyone loves a little bit someone who's overdramatic and theatrical. Mm-hmm. and But also you have to have a little bit of a gentleman side mm. to it. Okay. So much so that you can get convinced into doing things that you normally wouldn't do, such as invest in a, a highly controversial drug, or... Oh, no! Or perhaps spend all your money on uh, airplane races, or swindle <laughs> someone out of a very, very expensive piece of art. And oh, so for my silver award, I give this to Aaron Phillips as Laurent Theory in Great Pretender. Because yes. he's just so charming and suave that you would believe everything that this guy says and he would rob you blind. Ah, oh, yes. But there is one thing, and I say this, the, the most appropriate character that I could ever possibly give the Golden Ham Award to would be the guy who literally has a pig on his head. <laughs> yes! Fucking no My son. Yep. There is no My performance son. better suited for this specifically named award than Anosuke, whatever his name is. Hashiabara, I think it is. Yes. The baby-faced, insane guy. God bless him. God bless this child. I, yes. I feel like what? it's more unsettling that he's pretty. Yes. He, he looks like a Ronma one-half character. He kind of does. <laughs> and it fucking works. I hate you all. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> my son. My good gremlin son. But yeah, those are my two choices. Wheel decide. Wheel decide. Turn, turn, turn. All right. Who gets the next slice? Who gets the next slice? Who gets the next slice? Stephanie. Oh, boy. Hello. Oh boy. 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 You have to do the butters version. Copyright mouse. You have to do the but the butters version. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh my god. Wow, that was actually that pretty actually close. Was. Oh boy. Hey, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm winging it. It's been a hot minute since I watched South Park. Okay. <laughs> Golden ham. My silver award is going to be a surprise to people. My let me say this right off the bat. My gold award is going to be no fucking surprise to anyone right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My silver award, though, I think it's going to be the one time maybe this evening. I haven't seen the other host winners, mind you. This might be the one time tonight that this show gets a mention. And the performance from this one is such a delight, such high energy, 
such a fun time. And all about figuring out how the fuck modern bathhouses work. I'm giving it to David Wall for Thermi Romai. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I, I usually when it comes to this time of year, I have a massive list of shows to watch. And I had forgotten that Thermi Romai was a thing. And it was such an easy binge because it's only like five or six episodes, really. And David Wald not only stole the show for me, he chewed that scenery so hard and was just so hammy. The performance reminds me, only based on clips, mind you, because I have not watched the show, uh, a little bit of his narrator character from Tonagawa, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but a bit more regal and like, oh, Goodness, what is this contraption? It was so fucking glorious. I love it. But... <sighs> Y'all, listen. <laughs> if my son was not going to win this fucking award <laughs> for me, it's <laughs> like... <laughs> The place would end up on fire. Uh, my gold award for Golden Ham also goes to Bryce Pappenbrook as he knows Skane, Demon Slayer. The, the instant I saw this this character on screen, because I have zero context to Demon Slayer, I have not been reading the manga, nothing. The second that Bryce just legit headbutts and barrels his way onto the damn screen, <laughs> I lost my garbage. He was energetic. He was, he had slight gruffness to him. <laughs> but more in like a wild, almost feral sense, which makes a hell of a lot of sense for Inosuke. And this is like everybody was saying, it's outside of his normal character type. And my level of favorite Bryce's, my highest level was actually for, for years has been Staz from Blood Lab. Uh, I think Inosuke beats him now. Really? <laughs> yes. Damn. <laughs> Someday I would love to talk about Blood Lad and why I love Bryce's stats. <laughs> but um, not tonight. Tonight we are just here saying that Bryce chews the goddamn scenery and he's wonderful and Inosuke is my son. Bryce is the reason why Inosuke is my fucking son. I'm done. Megan. <laughs> Megan, you've been ever so patient to get your slice of ham. Yes, I am. Um... So, I have two choices for uh, Golden Ham, and this was actually the hardest thing that I had to pick this year. Mm. Um, so, my silver award for Golden Ham goes to Christina Valenzuela mm. as Ebisu in Doro Hidoro. Oh, okay, yes. Because Ebisu's entire character is just making weird fucking noises <laughs> and running around in a shark costume and... God, God, I was so tempted to put Bryce underrated for his character in, in Dora and Doro because that guy's life sucks. Oh my God. <laughs> but Ebisu in it makes it a little better. Oh. And Christina is not only one of my favorite hams this year, she's the most adorable ham. Yes, she's Ebisu's precious. Shark, shark. I am using the shark outfit picture for her, for her card. Of course. Nice. So... My other golden ham comes from Demon Slayer. Ooh, okay. I'm assuming, though, 
No but one... it's not for the man who wears a pig on his head. I'm about to say, it's not for my son, I think. It's for the man who's a shrimp that's missing a pe- missing an H. Because <laughs> I don't want to get us banned on Twitch. Ha! That's right, let's talk about everyone's favorite thunder shrimp missing an H. <laughs> Alex Lee as Zenitsu in <laughs> Demon Slayer. Um... To say that Alex Lee made this character tolerable is an understatement. And like how Jackson said that his performance also has the pathos that it needs for episode 19. Mm -hmm. Alex Lee's over-the-top screaming and crying is some of the funniest shit out there. Yes. Anytime he goes a little uh, horny for for Nezuko makes you want to punch him. Yes. And it is such a delightfully goofy and heart charming performance that there was nobody else in this world who could have gotten this for me. So congrats to you, Thunder Sim. Uh yeah. I call him Dorito Boy because he's Dorito Boy. Shit. I recently Dorito Boy. Uh, I recently Banana re- Head. Yeah. Listen, man, I would everyone's like, oh, Inosuke, Inosuke, Tanjiro, ew, Zenitsu. I'm like, no, Zenitsu's great. And Zenitsu's a mean. fun character, honestly. I should have bought I should have bought his Nendroid. I just I'm running out I of I pre-ordered I'm Zen- running out of Nendroid space. Here's I keep the thing. Shut no, what's what's worse is now they have the pop-up parades. And oh, if they make a Zenitsu pop-up parade, I'll probably get him. But anyway, I'm I'm done. I'm ready to move on to our next category. Uh Small side note: I rewatched Demon Slayer. I think like before Christmas, and I was I, I was looking to Andrew, and I'm like, "Is it bad that I also want to adopt Zenitsu, even though I have Inosuke as my son?" He's like, "No." I'm like, "Okay, Zenitsu is my other son," and I pre-ordered both fucking Nendos of for also, Zenitsu and Inosuke. I, I also would like to shout out, and I I really hope that they if if somebody can link this in the description far because my friends are watching Demon's Hair right now and they just did the episode with the spider brother oh just, no hey man what's some hey man with some weed oh, God. <laughs> i could never ever take that episode seriously because of kaiser deco oh uh, yeah exactly anyway man about. you look like something t- uh, yes. man you look like something uh tim burton shit out on a bad day is one of my favorite insults of all time. Anyway. Please feed me. Mom, I please, I need a PB&J sandwich. <laughs> anyway. I, I, I believe we're ready to move on, yep. yes? Yes. Just please. Okay. Our next award is for the best ensemble cast. Which is, of course, as the name would probably imply... The casts in an anime that melded very well, that worked off of each other very well, had some fun chemistry, and you get some fantastic dubs as a result. Andrew, what are the other, what are the winners for the other hosts for Best Ensemble? Starting us off, Noah Clue's pick for Best Ensemble goes to Beastars. He says, mm. any ensemble that casts Brian Beacock as a peacock more than deserves this award. Ah, uh, yes. I forgot that was a thing. End quote. Jet's pick for best ensemble goes to Run With The Wind. He says, Ooh. It had to be a challenge to balance a show with ten lead characters, 
but they all bounced off each other really well and both the characters and the performances from the actors had a lot of great chemistry. Roots' pick for Best Ensemble goes to Tokyo Godfathers. Mm, okay. He says, I was torn about who from Tokyo Godfathers to present an acting award to, but in the end, the main trio worked so well against each other that awarding one over another didn't feel right to me. Gigi's pick for Best Ensemble Cast goes to Actors Song Connection. She says, I can't say anything other than there is absolutely no other anime that could have had this award this year. The singing, the acting, the cats, everything is awesome and not your typical idol anime. My personal award for Best Ensemble goes to Apare Ranman. I was so torn on what to go with for Best Ensemble. I was debating on Great Pretender, I was debating on Irmakun, but in the end, the entire cast and crew of Opera Ranman just resonated so perfectly together and made every scene an other delight. One might even compare it to one really well-put-together car where all the pieces just fit just right. Can we kick his ass? Yes, you may. Yes. But let me finish my segment first. Amon's pick for Best Ensemble goes to Apare Ranman. He says, An entire dub of knockout performances, everyone cast and directed to a T. The perfect dub for a wild cross-country chase. Jamal's pick for Best Ensemble goes to Actors Songs Connection. He says, A variable who's who of what's what." Actor manages to maintain a large cast while keeping everybody distinct from each other. And finally, our editor's choice for best ensemble cast, Jackson's pick goes to B-Stars. He says, mm, okay. in true high school faction, I love that no one character in this show is willing to share the spotlight. Every bigger-than-life performance brings... Jonah the Pissed Boy, Scott, closer to being the furry king he was meant to be. I mean Legacy! Closer to the wolf he wants to be. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, Andrew. You know what time it is? Time to spin. Wheel the side, wheel the side. Her go, rip. go, go. Just fucking Beyblade now? Hardy! Okay. All right. Okay, so for my silver ward... I went with the single, what I consider the single most colorful cast uh, of anime this year. Okay. Because when I originally watched the promo for it, I'm like, hey, this is going to be like Wacky Racers. And then I actually oh. watched it and found out it's Cannonball Run in the Wild Wild West. So my Silver Ensemble Award goes to Apare Ranman for having the most diverse cast imaginable uh that you could possibly have in this sort of silly situation. For my gold, however, I kind of cheated a little bit. Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, what you do? You know how big of a fan I am of getting the gang back together. Yes, I, I know. Yeah. And so, even when it's connected to a show that isn't great, Mm, I know where when, this is going now. When you have one of your all-time favorite cats reprise, and I mean all of them, 
all the original cast members come back, no matter how bad the show can possibly get, it's always a welcome sign. And so for my gold award for Best Ensemble goes to Ghost in the Shell SAC 2045. Because bringing Elizabeth, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, uh, Richard uh, Epcar, Crispin Freeman, etc., 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 all hearing their voices again was so great that you can almost ignore the janky animation and completely bonkers storyline. It's not... Almost. Almost, almost. It's, it makes a ugly show watchable, but it's still fun just to see the naked man cartwheel up a flight of stairs. Ghost in the shell, <laughs> more like going what? in the store. That's a thing? Somebody, I can't find the ghost in the shell version, and that upsets me. I can only find the original. I love. I- wow. Okay. okay, going to the store is like one of my all time favorite videos. <laughs> But yeah, those are my two picks. All right. Wheel decide. Wheel decide. Spin, spin, spin. Spin, spin, spin. Megan. I have to stop whopping. <laughs> you you have to stop whopping. I'm just doing the going to the store music in the background. Anyway, so my silver award. We're not going to the store right now. For best ensemble. A lot of the times when we do the dubbies, it's, it's, I try to be objective. I really do. Mm-hmm. And yes, I know that there are, for my silver award, there are stronger ensemble casts out there like Opera, like Great Pretender, like Beastars, like Smile Down the Runway. But maybe because I'm having a little bit of recency bias, but one of the things that I, I would like to say is that when a, show finishes if a dub cast can leave a big smile on my face then i think that they've done a great job mm-hmm. so to say that the pet girl of sakura so's main ensemble cast is Aww. has some of my favorite work out of a lot of them except for maybe one which i'll talk about that later um mm-hmm. It, it was such a fun ensemble cast. And by the time it was done, yes, were they rough at the beginning for a lot of uh, some of them? Yeah. Was it maybe not as good as any other dub? Probably. But it, it made me smile. And it made my perception of the show a lot better. Uh, at least the first half of it. I, I really liked it. I thought it, it maybe has one of the more safer Sentai casting. But like... For the big, the biggest emotional moment, which if you don't know, the biggest thing that makes me cry in anime is actually graduation scenes. Oh yeah, I can see that. Why. The one in Sakura so fucking broke my heart. Um, and there's a lot of really good, fun, romantic, like comedic chemistry between a lot of the like characters, and also be just. Scott Gibbs gives probably one of my favorite line reads out of this year in that show. Which, if you've never seen Sakura So, I think it's like episode like 20 or something. He's They're all up mm-hmm. on the roof and the teachers come to get them to yell at them for yelling and screaming up there. And they, he's like, fine, I'll take them downstairs. And as he gets to the door, he goes, I want to thank you all for the last three years. Suckers! And he just pulls the door shut and locks it and runs. And it's <laughs> one of my favorite deliveries of this year. And just, it's great. 
But my other best ensemble, and I'm putting it here because last year I made a really, really drunken rant about how this anime had the dub to beat this year, and it still does, but I feel really unfair awarding it two years in a row. So I'm giving it to the best ensemble cast, because if you tried to pick who the best member of this cast out is, you start a fucking bar fight. You really, you really do. do. You start you an really internet do. bar fight. So my gold award for best ensemble goes to Fruits Basket Season 2. There is not a weak link in that dub. That dub is legitimately one of the best dubs to come out, especially for a remake. I actually think the dub of the remake for Fruits Basket is stronger than the Brotherhood remake dub. Wow. Um, okay. I haven't seen Brotherhood, so I have Brotherhood's no dub is really good. Ever. This is better. Mostly because I'm going to I'm about to make the hot take that will have my ass blasted by Mal because this is apparently their favorite anime. The Fruits Basket remake is better than Brotherhood ever was. I've got to be honest. As far as certain directorial decisions go, I think this is a stronger put to get like direct this is a show. really good put well put together dog and yeah. like from laura john eric jerry brina uh, uh colleen as akito especially brina as Veen, um the additions of Jeremy, micah aaron caitlin herself um ian, ian uh caitlin bar uh, ian broke my caitlin heart bar ian broke my heart um there are just so many, like, this cast is rock solid, and their acting against each other is phenomenal. If you are not watching the first basket dub, what is wrong with you? You owe yourself to watch the new first Thank basket. you for making my point. <laughs> anyway, I'm- Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Um, I believe that leaves me, yes. Yes, indeedy. Okay. This is gonna come as no surprise to anyone. Uh, <laughs> my silver award for best ensemble goes to a show that probably flew under people's radar this year, but it also, but <laughs> for the ensemble cast, it is. I believe the words that it was described at just a few moments ago was. It had the acting chops, the emotion, the fun, the songs, the cats. My Silver Award goes to Actors Songs Connection. <laughs> um, it was a fun ensemble, very well put together. Everybody bounced off each other fantastically, and the chemistry was just so much fun. For this really weird, subverted show about idols and, and, and shit, like... <laughs> If you haven't seen Actor Songs Connection, please do. It, it's, it's a lot of fun. My gold award, however, not only has a diverse cast of, of wacky-ass characters, but it has so much charm, so much chemistry, and it just feels like one big wacky family... And I can't help but fucking love it. My gold goes to Apare Ranman. <laughs> From Lee George to, I to Ivan Jassoud, Emmy Lowe to Ace Anderson, Susie Young, uh, Robert McCollum, Brendan McInnes, Xanthi Huynh. Just, oh, sweet lord. Brandon Potter, fucking that dude, stealing some of the show. Uh, 
the cast, the whole ensemble was just an absolute joy to watch every week, and oh, it's one of those shows that you can't look away, and when you finish it, you're you're gonna have a, both a smile on your face, and you're gonna be very sad that there's nothing else for you to watch from it. So my goal, 100%, is Apaday Raman. Uh, and speaking of ensembles, I believe it is time for our first Viewer's Choice Award. Yes. Oh boy. This one's actually a brand new award. This is our sixth award for the Viewer's Choice. So our first Viewer's Choice Award, again, speaking of ensembles, is for Best Ensemble. Your nominees for, for the Viewer's Choice Best Ensemble Award are... Actors, Songs Connection, under the direction of Amberly Connors, Damon Mills, Emily Fajardo, and Marissa Lenti. Apare Ranman, under the direction of Caitlin Glass and Sean Gann. B-Stars, under the direction of Bob Buckles and Megan Buckles. Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba, under the direction of Steve Staley. Doro Hidoro, under the direction of Bob Buckles and Megan Buckles. Great Pretender, under the direction of Michael Sinternicholas, Kyle McCarley, Michael Schneider, and Stephanie Shea. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Golden Wind, under the direction of Tony Oliver. Oh Maidens in Your Savage Season, under the direction of Kyle Kobe Jones and Christine Auten. Run with the Wind, under the direction of Shannon Reed. And Welcome to Demon School Iramakun, under the direction of Jalen K. Cassell. And your winner for Best Ensemble is... B-Stars, under the direction of Bob and Megan Buckles. Ooh. Congratulations to B-Stars. The furries all the way down. <laughs> Those howls are very appropriate. <laughs> I tried. Yes, congratulations to our Best Ensemble winner. Yay! All, all, all right. right, who's going to be the first one to make any oo-woo jokes? Oo-woo, we won you, an wordy. God damn it. Anyway. Sniff your awardy wordy bulge. <laughs> okay. okay, okay, okay. You go into timeout. <laughs> Andrew, you brought it on yourself. Andrew, can you not... <laughs> I don't think we beta tested that joke. Oh. No, but it's fine. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Omega, I, can, I got that. I want you to know you can go fuck yourself. Hardy's the alpha of this situation. If anyone's the alpha in this situation, it's oh me. Shut the fuck I up. I guess it's Hardy. Yes, ma'am. Because you, you said that Andrew did not see that coming, right? Mm-mm. <laughs> Life is always too fast for eyes. Are you guys Anyways, done? Go ahead. <laughs> Are you fucking done? We need to move on to best sound mixing. <laughs> God damn it. Ah, uh, Lord. The next award <laughs> is best sound mixing. <laughs> An award for what we think um, are some of the better, uh, well, more well-engineered well, more well-engineered and mixed series and movies from the year. Andrew, 
Kick us off with the other hosts' awards, please. Noah's pick for best sound mixing goes to Mark Edel and Ryan Johnston for Digimon Adventure Last Evolution Kizuna. He says, all right. Against all the clattering and explosions we've come to expect from Digimon, the English audio is mixed immaculately for every time, setting, and mood for a seamless integration. From Emo Ty's midlife crisis to the screen-crashing finale in a frozen past, the sound team deserves a huge digi-applause. I see what you did there, Noah. Clever boy. Uh, Jet's pick for best sound mixing goes to Eddie Korea for Welcome to Demon School, Irma-kun. He says, Audio mixing for remote recording has to be a challenge in and of itself, but adding dub songs into the mix had to make it harder. Even so, the mixing for Irma-kun's dub sounded professional the whole way through, and Eddie did an excellent job for with the mixing. Well done, sir. Roots' pick for best sound mixing goes to Jeremy Woods for Darwin's Game. He says, I'm giving this award to Darwin's Game because of all the dubs that were impacted by the current global situation. Darwin's Game felt like one that needed more work than usual to get everyone mixed properly. It sounded great, and the mixing team did a great job job with it Gigi's pick for best sound mixing goes to gary j coppola and oscar garcia for weathering with you Gigi says there were a lot of interesting moments in this movie with characters talking over each other and i was really intrigued you don't hear a lot of that in english dubs where you have to listen harder the dialogue mixed with all of the nature sounds everything about the mixing captured my interest my personal pick for best sound mixing goes to Jonathan Abarca and Sean Cromwell for Great Pretender. To be honest, every single dub that came out in the era of remote recording is a real miracle. Engineering a show like this, however, with multiple languages, regions, dialects, and varying performances is a beast. And I really admire what NYAV Post and their team were able to pull off. Amon's pick... For best sound mixing goes to the mixed team at SDI Media for Dora Hidoro. He says, when you can't make everyone sound like they're wearing a mask and still sound coherent and good at the same time. Jamal's pick for best sound mixing goes to the mixed team at Funimation for Bofuri. He says, the balance of the dub with the sound effects and bumping soundtrack made the show feel very engaging. It's as if I were playing an RPG or a Nintendo game. Or an RPG on a Nintendo. Jackson's pick goes to... Nathaniel Harrison, Neil Malley, and William Duell for Id Invaded. He says, This is my you-can-only-choose-one pick because I thought the mix in particular accentuated my favorite moments of the dub. But I want it stated for the record that all engineers are gods and they deserve our eternal praise and admiration for making any and all dubs from home this year possible. A fucking man, Jackson. All right, I'm going to spin and then I'm going to get take a drink and just breathe. Wheel, wheel decide, decide, wheel, wheel decide, decide, spin, spin, spin. spin. Wheel, 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 Stephanie, you're up. <laughs> wow, this thing really okay. likes Steph. I wonder if it's biased. Look here. This is like what the second time I've gone first, actually. I think like third, actually, but whatever. Whatever. Close enough. So my two winners for sound mixing. I full disclosure. I sometimes don't pay attention to this, and I really should more often. Lord forgive me. <laughs> um, but 
there are a couple of standouts um, in terms of the engineering and the mixing team that I really liked. My silver award goes to a show that has wonderful a wonderful time with itself, whether it's with demons or squeaky fish or uh, a gremlin bathroom ghost. I don't fucking know. Uh, my silver award goes to Zachary Davis and Zachary Davis, Jose Sandoval for the engineering team, and William Duell for the mixing team of Toilet Bound Hanako-kun. Uh, <laughs> Hanako, to say the least, has was a joy to watch, and the I really, really, really loved the mixing and the engineering done on this show. Um, it, as one of the shows that had that gap between pre and during pandemic time, um, they this team made a flawless transition. Uh, I didn't have any issues with the mixing or anything like that. And it got fun and creative with so many effects uh, and moments that I just love it so much. As for my gold award, I am so... My brain is like... I highly doubt I'll be able to do a bunch of headshots for these shows, and I might just put the poster up for the show itself. Because lord help me, I don't want to have a problem editing this like Amon did. <laughs> when you have a show with a wide variety of characters, uh, a little bit of fun with voices and effects, and goddamn singing. <laughs> I have to give my gold award for best sound mixing. Forgive me, this is going to be long. I have to give it to Alyssa Dumas, Howard Wang, Jamal Robertson, Natalie Van Sistine, and Sp Spencer Lills for the engineering team, Matt Whitmire for the mixing team, and I'm fucking gonna credit them. Don Bennett, Giovanni Cruz, Megan Shipman, David Wald, Amanda Lee, Stephen Kelly, and Sean Christmas for the team behind all of the songs for the English dub of Actors Songs Connection. <laughs> like, again, it's always a behemoth of a task when dubbing shows in general, but when you add songs to the mix. Um, I think I said something similar when I believe I gave Sarn Zanmai the same award last year. It's a behemoth of a task to do dub songs and to do them very well. One, the whole team behind all of the music, fan-fucking-tastic. But mixing it, mixing it all in with the show itself um, is also a behemoth of a task. So I have to give all credit to the engineering and mixing team uh, for <laughs> Actor Songs Connection because this was probably a challenge that they met and exceeded my expectations. So, congratulations to them. Wheel the side! Wheel the side! Wheel the side! Turn, spin, turn, spin, turn! Spin. Hardy! Okie dokie. Let's see here. For my best sound mixing, a show that just really impressed me, considering all of the effects that had to be put over characters' voices and all of the other uh, sound effects that had to be incorporated... Because um, when you got really futuristic sci-fi, it calls for a lot of different effects and and voices and and stuff to go that goes beep and bloop and have a little funny sound effects and stuff like that. <laughs> so I'm going to give this award to the engineer Paul Klein 
and the mixer Nathaniel Harrison for Decadence. Mm, yep. Yeah. Yep. Because lots of little beeps and boops and robots and flying stuff and just altogether fun sci-fi. I really, really appreciated how it sounded. And the fact that they were doing it uh, while one of their actors was um, having to go in and out of the hospital to take care of their partner um, was really impressive how they were able to work around that and keep it going week to week. So... Yeah, I just think everyone at um, at Decadence did a really great job. Uh, but for my breast sound mixing, I think I have to agree with Andrew on this one that the fact that they had to record several different dialects for several different uh, different actors located all over the place, uh, I think Great Pretender turned out to be a really good job. So we have to give that to Jonathan Abarca and Sean Cromwell for the mixing to production. So. All right, Megan. For great pretender, yeah. <sighs> Megan, Megan. My silver award is going to go to Jonathan Abarca and Sean Cromwell for great pretender. Um, again, like everyone else has said, the fact that it was multiple language tracks, multiple dialects, uh, just the mute incorporating the, the vocal track with the music of the show uh, it felt really alive, and it felt like the world was very lived in from the mixing. I have nothing but compliments usually about anything NYAVP, NYAV Post does. They are very clearly very good at their game. And you guys said a lot of already what I want to say. My gold award is going to have to go to Actor Song Connections as well. Yay! Like everybody else said, um... You, you have to do a lot of mixing for music. Uh, sorry, let me credit the entire cast. Um, even though Steph did it. It's a long haul. Uh, like, I felt so bad for Alyssa Dumas, when he Alyssa edited Dumas, the episode. Matt Whitmire, Sean Christmas, Amanda Lee, David Wall, Don Bennett, Giovanni Cruz, Megan Shipman, uh, Emily Fajardo, and Stephen Kelly. Um... Again, everybody said that. And the other thing I do want to highlight that as of the time of this recording, the home video version of Actor Song Connections out. It's currently on my shelf. A reminder that when this started out, this was all done under a simul dub schedule. Yeah. Yes. This was all done in a simul dub schedule, you are. I will have more to say about this uh, later. All right. I think we're ready to move on. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay, so at the start of the award show, I did mention there was a change in the performance categories. To be much more inclusive and more friendly, uh, performance categories have been be- have been turned into gender-neutral categories. In order to accommodate for this, of course, we had to change the names of these categories. Because doing best actor and best actress in a dub for comedy or drama just doesn't work anymore. So... Our next award is for Best Supporting Performance in a Dub for Comedy. These are for performances in a supportive role in comedy series or films that stood out to us. Uh, Andrew, could you give us the winners for our other hosts for this award, please? Sure thing, Steph. Noah's pick for Best Supporting Performance in a Comedy goes to Sungwon Cho, for Gretzko Season 3. You wouldn't think that a gruff manager working for negative dollars would be funny, but that's just the magic of Sung Wan. 
In a time-honored tradition of using deadpan for comedy, watching Hyodo constantly trying to catch a break while still being business-minded makes for arguably the best season of everybody's favorite Trash Panda show. Jet's pick for best supporting in a comedy goes to Kaylee Mills for Demon School Irmakun. He says, Kaylee not only had to capture all of Clara's maniacal energy and a perpetual gremlin child, but also played all her family members along with writing and singing their musical numbers. That had to be a lot of work, but she did a great job with all of it, and I adored her work on the show. Roots' pick for Best Supportive Performance in a Comedy goes to Andrew Love for Ahiru no Sora. He says, This one may feel strange as Ahiru no Sora skirts the line between drama and comedy, but Andrew Love ca captures a carefree attitude and intimidating aura without dropping the ball once. Gigi's pick for Best Supporting Performance in a Comedy goes to Mike Haimoto for Actors Song Connection. She says, Ushio didn't come in until the later parts of the anime, but this is Mike Haimoto at his best. Over the top and completely dramatic. You can tell he was having a blast recording his scenes. My pick for Best Supporting Performance in a Comedy goes to Kaylee Mills for Welcome to Demon School Irmakun. Pure unadulterated green gremlin child energy. Clara as a character is as fun, silly, and cartoony as it gets, and Kaylee manages to perfectly encapsulate everything that she is, all while even making her sing too. In a dub I truly love, Kaylee Mills as Clara is a match made in Demi Heaven. Amon's pick for best supporting performance in a comedy goes to Christina Valenzuela in Dorohidoro. What if Gur was your sleep paralysis demon indeed? Hilariously manic from the start, Valenzuela completely nails what Episu is all about. Season 2 cannot come soon enough. That is a great description for Episu. <laughs> Jamal's pick for best supporting performance in a comedy goes to Jade Saxton for Kaguya-sama Love is War. I love Jade's portrayal of the little cock blocker known as Chica. Her boundless energy and friendly disposition supplemented the rom-com sitcom anime perfectly. And finally, our editor's pick for best supporting performance in a comedy. Jackson's choice is... Sungwon Cho in Agretzko Season 3. He says the gap between no-nonsense businessman and completely clueless idol manager is the perfect space for Sungwon to show off his comedic chops. Yay! And with that, I take wheel aside. Wheel aside. I take it to the wheel, wheel, wheel. Megan. Okay, so my sole reward for this, and I thought I was gonna get to talk about the other award I put this person in first. So I'm gonna have to save a lot of what I'm gonna say for that. For that, is Sean Chiplock for Dora Hedoro as Shun. I think that's his name. Shit. Shit, 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 shit. I'm sorry. I fucking love Dora Hidoro. <laughs> shit, shit, damn it. I fight Sean. I fucking love Dora Hidoro. I am also incredibly exhausted and hungry. Um, I am going to fucking Taco Bell after this. I'm gonna get a chalupa. Um, hell yeah. Please insert the image, the meme image of uh, Felix looking at a chalupa here, please. <laughs> I have that on my computer, and you're putting it in this episode. Um, oh, please send it. It's really funny because he looks like he's about to, like, make out with Chalupa. 
There's also one of like Sylvain with a Baja Blast, and I I fucking lost my shit. It's great. All right. <laughs> All right. Anyway, you're not you're not of those characters, Sean, but you are great in Dora Hidoro. And uh, to be honest, like I've really like I really have come to love Sean as an actor this year, um, mm-hmm. especially between his work here, uh, his work. Uh, I'm not a ReZero fan, I'm sorry, Sean, but I've heard clips and I think you're fantastic there. Um, I'm trying to think of the other thing I watched with him this year that I really fucking liked. Golden Wind? That's- Maybe. You forget that I'm really far behind in Golden Wind, but he is a very great mom to many bullets. He's fun as me, He's, he's a very good- he's a very good fun mom to many bullets. But for me, the thing <laughs> that really impressed me about Sean in uh, Doro Hidoro is that Shin is kind of the world's weirdest straight man. Um, he is. Uh, he is the straight man to Sheremy's Noe, and he is absolutely fantastic as this kind of big, like he has his aggressive moments, but he and has moments of pathos in a very I do consider Dora Hidoro dark comedy, and he is a lot of fun. He absolutely blew my blew my socks off. He was uh, honestly uh, my favorite performance in the actual show. Um, out of everybody nice. in Dora Hidoro, Sean is my favorite performance. And that's saying a lot because I have another award for Dora Hidoro in the lead category. Spoilers. But to me, my overall favorite comedic performance of the year had to be Avery Smithheart in O Maidens in Your Savage Season. She, as Sonazaki, commanded attention. She was nailing every moment of pathos with every moment of over exaggerated uh over exaggerated i don't know how to even say it like stick up her ass um just a bit sonozaki is a character that exists that that character who's wound up too tight and overly dramatic because of it and she also nails the moments of quiet that she needs to like the confession scene on the roof she is absolutely fantastic and with this role if avery smith heart was not on your your to watch list as well she should really be up there because she's an immensely talented actress yes. and it, oh maidens was one of the earliest dubs in contention on this list and i believe we recorded this episode almost like a year ago and the fact that it it still stuck with me throughout the year should say a lot about the performance back to wheel wheel says steph oh okay uh where are we best supporting in a comedy okay Y'all are taking some of my picks, <laughs> man. <laughs> hey, great minds uh, think alike. I know, yeah, right? Yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. We're like a fucking hive mind here. Jesus. Um, even though I gave her a performance, uh, gave her an award at top of the dang show, my silver award for best supporting in a comedy also goes to Kaylee Mills for Welcome to Demon School, Irma-kun, for the aforementioned reasons, under underrated and what I think, what Andrew and other people have said right now. Um, huge gremlin energy, so much fun. S- we'll steal the scene, steal the show sometimes. It's great. I love her. My gold award for supporting performance in a comedy goes to <laughs> the only daughter I've fucking adopted so far. Uh, Avery Smith Hart as Sonozaki in Omains in Your Savage Season. Megan described the performance, I think, best. She not only hits all of the pathos, 
uh, for the character, whether it's the confession scene or some of the more dramatic moments. Um, like, spoilers, I don't think it's good to talk about that right now. Um, she also has... She also steals the scene so much <laughs> with her slight prudish ways. That was the uh, word I was looking for. You're welcome. Uh, her slight prudish ways, and she steals every scene she's in with her high energy and comedic timing. So, I love Sonozaki. Sonozaki is my daughter. Avery Smithheart fully square landed the gold for me to, for supporting in a comedy. My turn? Okay. I'm actually going to do something a little bit different with my Silver Award, because Uh this is a show that wasn't created in Japan. Oh. It's actually a Chinese show that was also dubbed in English, so we can't, it counts. So for my Silver Award... Me looking on the horizon at that Heaven's Official Blessing dub. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. I would like to give my Silver Award to Jace Patrick and Scissor 7. As okay. Daibo, the little blue chicken with <laughs> with a dirty mouth. A chicken with a dirty mouth? That's a <laughs> that's a sentence I didn't think I'd hear. Scissor Seven is a show. Uh, while the dub itself kind of suffers from ha- casting Roddy Chiang in the lead role, he's not great. Mm. But the other actors make up for it, and Jace is. I mistook him for Michael Sorek at first because they sound very similar, but he's just got this grouchy old bossy sound to him that uh, that really endears this this angry little blue chicken um, that I just I really really like, and I think everyone should give Scissor Seven a shot. Maybe it won't be your thing, but uh, if you try it out at least, and maybe you'll find something that you like. Um, but for my gold. I guess we all did kind of sort of have a mind meld at something because I always p- also picked uh, Kaylee Mills for her role as Mako the Hedgehog. In- <laughs> Mako, are you? <laughs> yes. I don't get it. Fuck. B- b- fucking. She's got Mako. She's she acts like Mako from Kill the Kill, and she also does this little spinning roll thing. Rolly, like rolly, roll. Oh my god, you're fucking. Rolly, rolly, you're right. Rolly. You. Oh god, she's even green. She might as well be an OC. Oh shit. Oh, I hate you so much. She's like a, a little Sonic OC. I hate you so much. I love it. Fuck. Now we need art of fucking Clara with Sonic of some sort. Fuck. Yeah. So yeah, that's she's my pick for uh, for the gold for best supporting comedy. God damn. <laughs> I love when mind melts happen. It's great. Um. I think we are ready to move on to our other supporting performance. I think we need to switch genres now. Yes? Mm-hmm. We're going to go from the laughs, the chuckles, good belly to laughs, all that fun stuff, to the dramatic, the emotional, the batshit crazy. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about our the best supporting performance in a dub for drama. Andrew, can you lead us off with... The other host picks, please. Thank you, Steph. Starting us off, Noah's pick for supporting performance in a drama goes to Brina Palencia in Fruits Basket. He says, 
Being one of the few Zodiac members we're seeing for the first time in anime form, there was a lot of expectations at seeing Rin's emotional turmoil. And Brina definitely gave us the unbridled, no pun intended, experience of a conflicted young woman in all her emotional shades of reject... Resentment. I can talk, I promise. You don't necessarily like Rin, but thanks to Brina, your heart still breaks for her as well. Jet's pick for best supporting performance in a drama goes to Griffin Puatu from Beastars. He says, Louis is a character who puts on the persona of a strong leader, but hides how weak he feels inside, and Griffin's performance captures both sides of him perfectly. Roots' pick for best supporting performance in a drama goes to Laura Jill Miller for Beastars. He says, Haru is a character within a character playing confidence to climb the social food chain with the determination to avoid the actual one. Laura Jill Miller pulls this off spectacularly. Gigi's pick for best supporting performance in the drama goes to Lauren Landa for Beastars. Gigi says, <laughs> I love the house. Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot of animals out tonight. Who'd have thunk? <laughs> Gigi says, Lauren Landa as Juno was my pick at the beginning of the year for this award, and she beat out so many others to stay on top. Juno is adorable and a little manipulative, and her performance in Beastars is perfect. My pick for best supporting performance in a drama goes to Kosser Mohammed for Great Pretender. Mm. Great Pretender was my first introduction to Kosser, and boy did she leave an impression on me. Her work as Abby is some of the best in the whole show, where she changes her performance for certain heists as well as around different people. Her work in Skies of Singapore alone cemented this pick for me. Amon's pick for Best Supporting Performance in a Drama goes to Monica Rial in It Invaded. He, he says, This nomination is 90% Rial turning in an excellent, subtle, and moving performance as a detective will to do what others won't, and 10% it being compelling and a little bit funny to hear Rial use her natural high register to play such a serious and crafty character. Also, the deer stalker getup is adorable. <laughs> yep. Jamal's pick for best supporting performance in a drama goes to Natalie Rial for Oh Maidens in Your Savage Season. He says, Natalie manages to play an almost emotionless character with subtlety. I love how she helped me to understand Nina's coming of age throughout the show to the point she decked a motherfucker with satisfaction at the end. Yes! Hell yeah! Oh, Fuck yeah! Punch pedos! Punch pedos, people. <laughs> and finally, our editor's choice for best supporting performance in a drama, Jackson's pick goes to Ian Sinclair for Fruits Basket Season 2. He says, yep. I was tearing up within one minute of Kurno being introduced. That's got to be like some kind of record. And then the hits just <laughs> kept coming. Can I say something? Yes. When... Okay. So who was it Jet or Noah who said Brina? Uh, no. It was Noah, I think. I just remember whoever on my Discord. Uh, whoever on my, I think it was Jackson. It's either Jackson or Josh on my Discord said uh, everything was growing great, and then the horse got thrown out the window. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, about about uh about no. Ren. Oh my god. Oh no. 
<laughs> oh, no, no, no. All right. All I right. got the wheel. I'm ready to go. Spin that wheel. Spin. Spin the wheel. Spin. Wheel the side. Wheel the side. Steph. Oh, boy. Um, hmm. Best supporting performance in a dub for drama. Uh, my silver award for this category. I was talking to Andrew last night. And he's very surprised I picked this one, actually. Because uh, knowing me, I have the hardest fucking time narrowing down performance categories. Because my the method to my madness is write down everything that really impressed you throughout the year and then try to narrow it down. Because I'm bound to forget something. <laughs> At the start of the show for this individual in this performance, it was a tiny bit rough, I'll admit it. But I got very invested the more I watched the show. To the point where... When a huge, dramatic, and emotional climax for this particular character occurred, I lost my garbage. I couldn't stop crying. Because I suddenly felt like this was... I suddenly felt like this is my mom. And, I, and it's like losing a mom to me. Because of that, my silver award goes to Grace Lynn Kung for Japan Sinks 2020. This is an emotional Japan Sinks 2020 is a, is an interesting show. It's an emotional roller coaster. And I really really loved Grace's performance as the mom uh, in the family. She had this positive outlook this this fun spunky attitude go get him attitude and she was also this pillar of strength for everybody else to lean on and it got me very uh, invested in the performance throughout the entire course of the show my gold award was cemented <laughs> long before the qualifying uh, year started because this show was a fucking exception we made. If this character did not exist in this particular show, Kellen Goff's Diavolo would have stolen my number one spot probably in this category. I have to give it to Ray Chase's Bruno Bucciarati in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Golden Wind. <laughs> because... This character, I love everything that Ray does, from the slight twinge of the Italian accent and mannerisms to just this, again, a pillar of strength, the leader, the go-getter, all of this fun stuff. And it was just a fantastic performance by Ray. And he was cemented as my number one for the entire fucking year. No one could top him. So, Ray Chase as Bruno Bursarati. Fuck yes. <laughs> uh, okay. Next. Wheel decide. Wheel decide. Wheel decide. Wheel, wheel decide. Decides. Wheel decide. Wheel decide. Party. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. All right. So both of my choices have already been picked by other people. Mm, okay. um, to start out, my silver award goes to an actress who thankfully was cast as the same character the same ethnicity as their character and mm. it goes it street it speaks very highly of the dub itself that they went out of their way to match this actress to this character and 
considering I think it's her first anime. I'm not sure. As far about as we that. know of. Yeah. I'm assuming I know uh, I where you're going with this. this. One, I have to give it to Kasser Mohammed as Abby in Great Pretender. Abby is less a character and more of a force of nature. <laughs> yes, I love Abby. She's amazing. Yeah. And uh, the way that Kosser plays her is just, even down to the way that she correctly pronounces Bakdad, um, she really adds a very uh, auth- authenticity to this role. Um, because we know that Ab- Abby's Middle Eastern, and uh, and she's gone through some serious, serious crap. Mm-hmm. And um, she just really... we Abby doesn't smile very much, but uh, the times when she does... And the times where she actually sort of kind of has looks like she's having a good time. She is um, at her happiest when she is flipping off Edamame. Oh, yeah. Oh, by the <laughs> end of that, <laughs> by the end of the show, I think you made this joke. Uh, that was like them exchanging middle fingers is their way of expressing their love for it's each other. It's their cigarette kiss. Yeah. <laughs> like That's amazing. It's like, yeah, that's that the uh, he brings up that gif of someone go, oh, they fu- oh, oh, they fucking fucking <laughs> that is my favorite gif. Uh, bless. It's like whenever yeah. everyone gets that one episode of Tokyo Ghoul Re, are, are they doing it? Oh, they fucking oh, they fucking oh, yeah, oh, they fucking, <laughs> but yeah, me uh, when so I'm she eating Taco my... Bell. <laughs> God damn it, please sponsor us, Taco Bell. Uh, and, and while you're at it, bring back Manzanita Soul. That stuff was good. Also, bring uh, bring back the loaded grillers and potatoes. Potatoes anyway. are a vegetable. And the Mexican pizza. Anyway. I don't know how anyway, you get rid of my... potatoes as a vegetable. A potato is a vegetable. Megan. But anyways, um, no. Uh, for my gold, it, uh, I too, I, I had to pick Brina Palencia as Ren for Fruits Basket. Because more so than any other actress that season because we had so many star performances mm-hmm. from Colleen to Trina. Um, just everyone brought their A-game for this season, but I think out of all of them, I think Brina's was the most emotionally investing. It was the most uh, just heart-wrenching. And it got me to feel for a character who I don't necessarily like, but I can understand where they're coming from. And uh, and the way that she played off of um, Justin Cook, and the way that she played off of yes. Colleen, and, and the way that she played off of Laura Bailey. Um, she's just this multifaceted character who we think that she's, at first we think she's just a bitch, but she's actually very fragile and has gone through some crazy stuff. And I think Brina just absolutely nails Please it. Please brush the horse's hair. Please brush her yes, hair. Yes, brush the horse. Yes. And give her a carrot, too. Yes. <laughs> God damn it. We're all like, we can't do it. You know what? I'm sorry, Hardy. She is getting a, har- a carrot. She's getting Hatsuharu's carrot. I'm... Oh, damn it. <laughs> oh, they just carries. <laughs> Fuck Oh, they fucking... I'm sorry, Hardy. I'm sorry. <laughs> a carrot and two apples. <laughs> Fuck. Yep. <laughs> and a little yep. sugar, white, a little, oh. a little, little white sugar cream comes out at the top. Yes, sir. I do like <sighs> it. I do. 
I'm so sorry to anybody who worked on that show who had to hear that. That is the only time we will make a loot for the basket show. Not with that oh, attitude. Boy. People listen. People listening to us like, no, I sir. Like I don't like it. <laughs> okay. Specifically, Megan. that gif also of a horse. <laughs> Megan, your your uh, best supporting drama performances. Uh, surprisingly, they actually both come from the same company, the same dubbing company, um, which I'm surprised I've put a lot more from that company this year than I actually have in any other fucking year. Um, so my, my silver board goes to, and I'm about to start another bar fight at the anime, at the digital anime bar. Oh no. David Harbaugh has bone drew and made an abyss dawn of the deep soul. Hell yeah. Holy yeah. fuck. Holy yeah. shit! <laughs> um, when I watched Made in the Abyss Dawn of the Deep Soul, I thought it was a smart idea to start it at 12 a.m. As you do. As you tradition. So, we are, so we're already starting off great. <laughs> um, to say that I wished, I, I thanked God that I didn't have to watch Dawn of the Deep Soul in a theater, not because of COVID, but because everyone would have heard me screaming. Um... Yeah. David Hardbone's take on Bone Dread is bone chilling. It will shock you to the core. There is something enigmatic about it. You will be creeped out. You will want to take a fucking shower. But at the same time, you would believe that this man is doing some of the most abusive and vile shit because he thinks it's the right way to do it and he genuinely loves these people. It is absolutely fucking wild. Like, I can I can only implore and hope that High Dive will be putting this up for streaming in March when the DVD comes out. Um, oh, I hope so, because more people need to watch. Yeah, Dawn, of the, really Dawn of the Deep Soul is a fucked up movie. I'm like, it is, it is so a good. Fucked up movie. Um, there is just I I'm not familiar with David's work as much. And to say that, it, like, if you can, like, make me scream in abject terror while, like, also being, like, give me more, give me more out of this performance, like, there, there's, like, a lot, there's a theory called the horror bard. It's the closer you get to it, the more, I, like, I forgot the actual thing, but, like, there's this, it's like a moth to a flame. You, you shouldn't touch it, but Mothman's like, Mothman, look at that fucking lamp. I said Mothman. I think, I think it's... It's like a train wreck. You don't want to stare, but you can't look away. But a train wreck denotes something bad. Mm. Also true. This like, is just very good. Like it's so good, and I, I, I just have to say, um, I can't find the, I can't find the song. I wanted to sing the Mothman YMCA. Please, please no. No, not right now. Let's move on. Mothman, you're a Mothman. Man, I said Mothman. Hang it, Mothman. Anyway, moving on to my my winner of the best supporting in a drama, it has to be Elizabeth Maxwell in After the Rain. Um, mm. she it is like Jet brought this up. Um, I I meant to, I was gonna put her uh her name. I was gonna put Elizabeth's name so I could get the character's name. 
And instead of giving me Elizabeth Maxwell, it was going to give me Elizabeth from Knoxville, Tennessee. What? Um, oh, no. <laughs> they pulled me out and maced me. Um, <laughs> no, uh, it's Haruka. It's Haruka Kayen. She is. Oh, man. It is so soft. I did not believe that was Elizabeth Maxwell at first. You could have given me $50 and I still wouldn't have believed you. Like, it is soft. It is emotionally gripping. It is some of the best work, I think, outside of Arisa and Bishamon that I've heard Elizabeth Maxwell do. Mm -hmm. um, you could feel every ounce of pain and rejection and anxiety of watching her friend slip away. I genuinely believe that this girl was a fucking lesbian. Uh, her her lost mourn and pain at having to watch her friend drift away from pain is just so good. Um, and again, I implore you to to I would implore you to watch this more. But I understand that that is a a financial commitment because of Amazon because of Jeff Bezos's evil anime jail and Jeff Bezos Bezos can suck his own dick. Um, All right. Hooray! So definitely get to check out After the Rain if you can. It's fantastic and Elizabeth's performance is great. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So moving on, our next award is our second viewers' choice award. Mm. While we've been talking about our favorite supporting performances of the year, why don't we talk about what your favorite supporting performance of the year was? This is going to be the viewers' choice award for best supporting performance in a dub. Mm -hmm. And Hardy. Yes, ma'am. If you could do the honors for me, please, and read for me the nominees, if you could. Ab absolutely. The nominees for Best Supporting Performance in a Dub. We have Ace Anderson for Apare Ranman, Danny Chambers for Smile Down the Runway, Ray Chase for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Golden Wind, Alex Lee for Demon Slayer Kimitsu no Yaiba, Jeremy Lee for Doro Hedoro, Kaylee Mills for Welcome to School, Welcome to Demon School Iramakun, Kasser Mohammed for Great Pretender, Brina Palencia from Fruits Basket, Griffin Puatu from Beastars, and finally, Avery Smithheart from O Maidens in Your Savage Season. And the winner. <laughs> Griffin Puatu from Beastars. Yeah. I don't know how to make deer noises, <laughs> says the girl who is a deer for me. Stupid sexy deer. <laughs> God damn it. Stupid sexy deer. <laughs> Says the girl who Stupid has a deer, deer Louie. Fuck. So, <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Hardy. Congrats to Griffin for his amazing performance as Louie. And, uh, yeah, let's keep the ball rolling. All right. He wants to keep Legacy's balls rolling, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, oh snap! God damn it. I had it. to get one comment about that because, let's be real, the scene where... I don't think... I Stephanie did not see that coming. If Andrew, again, Andrew and I this year are not recording in the same fucking room. Uh, he's currently at home. I'm currently at my home. If he was here right now, he's sleeping on the futon tonight. You would deserve it. <laughs> you would deserve it. Uh, anyway, moving on to our next award. <sighs> 
let's talk about some magic. Yes! Some fucking, like, blood-packed it's the Josh demon summoning magic. The voice-acting black magic. The voice-acting black magic award where you basically have to sell your goddamn soul for a performance. <laughs> Alright. Andrew, could you give us the winner's for voice acting Black Magic for the other hosts, please. Yes, ma'am. Noah's pick for voice acting Black Magic goes to Sandy Fox in Violet Evergarden, Etern Eternity, and the Auto Memory Doll. It's not that I couldn't believe that Sandy could voice a little girl. That's practically her, her bread and butter. But because it wasn't the kind of little girl voice I'm used to, I honestly thought Taylor was voiced by Xanthi Wynn the whole film. Just goes to show how much range Sandy really has, fully deserving of a reputation as a voice acting legend for the past 30 years. Jet's pick for voice acting Black Magic goes to Alex Lee for The Misfit of Demon King Academy. Ooh, okay. He says, Honestly, almost any one of Alex Lee's performances this year would have qualified, but even as bizarre as his Kaiman voice was, Nothing prepared me for how deep and sultry he sounded as Anos. That man's range, it scares me. <laughs> Roots' pick for voice acting Blagic. Flag, it's Blagic. Go with it. For Roots' pick it. for voice Blagic. acting Black Magic, Blagic, goes to <laughs> Alex Lee for Dora Hidoro. He says, I mean... Look, this is just as much for the Twitter video of him trying to mash up Kaiman's voice with Kermit the Frog than his actual <laughs> vocal sorcery of Kaiman's deep baritone roar. Yes! I'm kind of amazed you got that in there, bud. I'm not even mad. Oh, yes. Gigi's pick for voice acting Black Magic goes to Rico Fajardo for Actor's Song Connection. She says, mm. I couldn't tell this was Rico until he was singing, and this man just... He could do anything, even fool me on his performance. My pick for voice acting magic goes to Kellen Goff for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Golden Wind. Mm, Just okay. when I thought I had a good grasp on Kellen Goff as an actor, Diavolo shows up. Terrifying, <laughs> cold, violent, and a true tour de force of Kellen's latent abilities. Kellen's black magic is so good, it transcends time and destiny itself. Quite literally. Quite literally. Amon's pick for voice acting black magic goes to Alex Lee as Kaiman in Dorohidoro and says, That's not Alex. Alex sounds like a normal person, not a weird lizard man. Stop lying to me. <laughs> Thank you, Elmo. We love you. Jamal's pick for voice acting Black Magic goes to Kaylee Mills for Welcome to Demon School Irabakun and says, Okay. If you had told me that one person could play six different people with six different ranges singing songs with six mm. different tones, I would have called you a liar. But Kaylee Mills managed to do that with ease and without skipping a beat. And... Finally, the editor's choice for voice acting Black Magic. Jackson's pick goes to Alex Lee for Dora Hidoro. 
He says, the fact Alex Lee still has a voice this year is proof that black magic is real. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. fucking true facts. Spin and the now, wheel. Wheel design. Wheel of morality. Turn, turn, turn. Who is the victim morality. that we must yearn? I'm what? not sure where I was going with there. Anyways, that victim's you, Steph. Again? Again? You know what? Spin that fucker again. This is getting biased. I legit just only spin it. Okay, you know what? I should spin this three times, for fairness. One. Yeah, spin it again, please. Two. Three. Spaceman Hardy. Okay. All right. All what right. sorcery Let's do you have for here. us, sir? Okay, I cheated a little bit. I know I've done this at least once a year. This time I'm doing it twice. Oh, no. <laughs> it's two different performances from the same show again. You All already right. know. You already know what my gold is going to be. But my silver, the fact that it can claim both the gold and the silver really speaks for how just how adventurous and well-directed and well-handled this dub actually was. Mm -hmm. My gold is Cayman. My silver is Cheremy Lee as Noe. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> because if you've ever met Cheremy in real life, she is a very small little woman. The fact that she can play the seven-foot-tall goddess Amazonian uh, warrior woman and have it sound convincing is mm. just completely, completely not what I expected, but it is more than welcome. Because not only does she make uh, Noe sound strong, she makes Noe sound really sweet, too. Because even though she's this big, giant uh, uh, um, assassin, All she's I got this really... A giant woman! A giant woman! Yeah. Oh, damn it. Let's yeah. be real. If you're not horny for Noe, you're either ace or wrong. Yeah, basically. Yeah. But no, I, I really was not expecting Jeremy, this voice to come out of Jeremy. I've never heard anything for her before, but it works Noe perfectly. Noe may be a girl, but she and has from... giant himbo energy. Oh, yes. Going back to Megan's comment for a second. Does Demi sound? Does yeah, Demi, you're Demi good. Count? That counts in the Thank ace you. umbrella. <laughs> Thank you. My demisexual yeah. ass. Yeah. Anyway. But anyways, yeah, for gold, of course, it's it's Alex Lee has came in again because, as everyone has said, I don't know how he pulls that off and then <laughs> goes from one role to another sounding like a completely different actor. Mm -hmm. It's it's really, really amazing. And he's like Megan said earlier, uh, he has been he's just been exploding this year. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that's that's all I got to say. OK, wheel aside. Turn, 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 turn for third. That damn it landed Hardy again. Hang on, <laughs> try that again. Try again. Wheel of size being Megan. very biased today. Oh, hey, it's my turn. So my silver award for this is going not for the entire performance, just for one scene. Oh no, <laughs> I think I know. Okay. okay, you told me about this one. I think. I want to state that Brand New Animal was the most was the second most disappointing anime I watched this year. Okay. Only ahead of uh, uh, Weathering with You. The dub for Brand New Animal is fairly solid, and the twist is literally the exact same as Promare. <laughs> Wonderful. But at one point, Robbie Damon, I'm sorry for spoilers for Brand New Animals to you guys. Turned into a giant three-headed Cerberus. 
that is hamming it the fuck up. Oh, yes. As he stares down the 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 furry king Bendiskins. The furry king Bendiskins. Jonah oh, is no. only a prince. <laughs> he hasn't Still. played enough animals. Um, God damn it. <laughs> but I could not tell where Rob if it was Robbie doing all three heads or Robbie doing one. <laughs> I I couldn't tell. I was fucking amazed. Oh my God. I was like, Jesus, I was like, what the hell is happening? Other than the fact that this is just furry cray foresight. Um, <laughs> which is an image for you cray all. Cray fur, cray fur, no. Oh, cray foresight! Cray foresight. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> are you dead? Are you, are you okay? <laughs> You're just killing us right now, dude. We're both dying. Oh shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just broke Hardy. <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> oh shit. So congratulations, Robbie Damon. But here we are. Playing a giant fur a giant furry crow foresight. So yeah, my uh my actual voice act my gold voice acting black magic for his entire performance. Hey Sean, welcome back. <laughs> so I actually thought that Shin was a uh, was Ray Chase for five episodes until I looked it up. Oh my god! <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yes, I thought that was Ray Chase. Holy shit! <laughs> and it's not only because he got he got uh, not only that, but it's because he also played the younger version of Shin, and I thought that was a different fucking actor. Oh yeah. <laughs> it is literally like I get I get everybody gets like Alex for like bullshit, my dude. That was the bullshit, my dude, performance from, from Dora and Doro to me. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry, geez. Sean. I know that probably sounds insulting, but I, ge I genuinely would like to say that it is one of my favorite performances of this year. And you can do about fucking anything, my dude. Mm. And I will, uh, <laughs> and, and to make get her happy, I'll finally start trails. Get off my dick. <laughs> I will fucking start trails this year. Please hop off my dick and balls. <laughs> I also want to make him a sound clip. You know the Law and Order Dun Dun? Yes. Mm -hmm. Everybody, please be very silent right now so I can make something that he can clip out and okay. use. Oh, no. This is for you. This is for you, Getter. Shill, shill. Dun, 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 dun. Shill, 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 shill. Shill, 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 Oh, I'm going to get it out of the way. Alex leaves Kaiman. <laughs> Dore Doro. Wins, wins my gold award for this because I went from Zenitsu to Kaiman and holy fucking shit, I didn't know that he could do that. <laughs> I was like, I just got used to you with Screaming McScreaming Pants, my other, my lightning son. And now I have to deal with a lizard man. <laughs> like, oh my God. What, what, what sorcery is this, my dude? Um, but, <laughs> getting the obvious one out of the way. My silver award, though, um, 
to be fair, I did manage to get this in probably about five minutes when I was watching this show. <laughs> what the fuck? <sighs> when you have... I believe Andrew described it earlier. When you have some LARPing bro, Shakespearean my dude, um... My silver word has to go to Ray Chat. I mean Ray Chase. And welcome to Team Muscular Magoon. Sopnox Sovro. Ray Chad. Be yes! Because, like, Andrew will attest to this, and I did say this on the, the Irma episode. After, like, an episode with this performance, I was like, okay, this is a Chad character and a Chad voice, and I now have to call him Ray Chad because of this. <laughs> Instead of Rick Chase. Oh, because I'm used to Ray being a weird devilish black magic wizard. Because we've talked about him in the past. I believe he was given an award for, maybe, I think, for um, Fairy Tale Dragon Cry. Possibly. Um, I don't quote me. But this reminded me of how much of a wizard Ray actually is. So I have to give the award, the silver award, to uh, his performance, uh, Sab Nox Sabro in Welcome to Demon School, Ear Macoon. And again, my gold, obviously, no fucking contest, is Alex Lee for Dora Hidoro. Uh, alright. I'm getting hiccups. So, moving on to our next award. We have one of our special awards um, that really collectively as a group it's decided upon uh hardy i believe you have something prepared for this one i do yes well for this year's unsung hero award we've decided to go in a slightly different direction here at dub talk we always make sure to give praise to all the actors directors script writers and sound mixers involved in the production of our favorite english dubs however there's one very important player that often gets overlooked the translator now, to be fair, the translator is more closely connected to the subtitles of the Japanese audio, more so than the English, but without a basic translation, the ADR scriptwriter has nothing to work off of, and without an English script, the actors and directors have nothing to go off of. Imagine if every dub was made up on the spot. It would be like ghost stories and samurai pizza cats all over again. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So, indeed, the translator's job is a very important one. Sadly, it is often an overlooked and underappreciated one. These people often work late hours, dealing with tight deadlines and restrictions, and yet often receive very little pay for doing so. They are also heavily criticized by so-called purists over changes that those people claim are not 100% accurate to the Japanese. Therefore, for her role in helping to bring to light the current state of the anime translator, we would like to give this year's Unsung Hero Award to Katrina Leonudakis, Apologies if I mispronounce your name, for her work on shows such as Oh Maidens in Your Savage Season, Galandino, and of course, Interspecies Reviewers. And Hori Mia this season. Yeah. And Hori Mia, yes. We appreciate her efforts in helping to explain the process of Japanese to English translation, helping to inform us of all the challenges that translators face in order to bring our favorite shows and video games stateside so that we can all enjoy them to the best of our ability. Thanks to you, 
Hopefully, conditions will become better for you and all your fellow translators now and in the near future. Bravo. Congratulations to Katarina. Our next award, let's go back to the Viewer's Choice Awards. And Megan, I'm going to ask you to talk about our next award category for Viewer's Choice. This award is for our Best Returning Actor. These are performances that were reprising from last year or any other year, and they've come back to show us what they can strut their stuff with now. Our returning actor nominees are Colleen Quinkenbeard, Fruits Basket, Brittany Karbowski, Made in Abyss, Dawn of the Deep Soul, Faye Mata, Konosuba, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, Ghost in the Shell, Standalone Complex, 2045, Erica Mendez for Gretzko, Cassandra Lee Morris, Magia Record, Puella Magi, Madoka Magica Side Story, Chris Ryan for No Guns Life, Joshua Seth for Digimon Adventure, Last Evolution, Kizuna, Derek Snow for Fire Force, and Christina Valenzuela for Lupin the Third, Fuchiko's Lie. And the winner is. Erica Mendez for Gretzky. She won! She, she did won. it like the third time she was nominated for Gretzko and she finally fucking did it. That's three furries. You know, she, I'll say this. She did fantastic stuff in season fantastic. three. This is well-deserved. Mm-hmm. This is right. well. No, everyone who has won tonight is well-deserved. Absolutely. As well as all of the nominees for these viewers choice categories are well-deserved in their mm. own right. Okay. Thank yes, you very congrats much. to Erica Mendez. Congrats to Erica Mendez. Okay. Our next category, we a little a lot too long ago we talked about the best supporting performances in English dubs this year. Let's bring out the big guns. Let's talk about lead performances. Alright. Let's start off with the best lead performance in a dub for comedy. Andrew, take it away. Thank you, Stephanie. Starting us off is Noah Clue. Noah Clue's pick for best lead performance in a comedy goes to Tia Ballard for Toilet Bound Hanako-kun. He says, Many an actor can play the protagonist well. Far fewer can play the victim and get a laugh the whole time. Tia's naturally adorable high school voice is always cute and used here to express distress and confusion makes for a truly laughable comedy of errors in the spirit world. Jet's pick for best lead performance in a comedy goes to Howard Wang for Kakushi Goto. Howard Wang had to juggle Goto as both a kooky manga artist and struggling single dad, and he did all of that pretty well while bringing a lot of good laughs. His performance was a lot of fun. Jet's pick for best lead performance in a comedy goes to Stephen Fu for City Hunter, Shinjuku Private Eyes. He says, Stephen Fu brought fun energy to Ryu, making a blast of a film even stronger. Gigi's pick for best lead performance in a comedy also goes to Stephen Fu for City Hunter, Shinjuku Private Eyes. She says, It's so hard to come in and replicate a performance from another English VA and a highly respected Japanese VA in a series that has been around for decades and Steven did none of those he made Rio his own and it was hysterical Makori my pick for best lead performance in a comedy goes to Howard Wang for Kakushi Goto 
Kakashi Goto as a show is delightful, and Howard Wang as the literal titular character Kakushi Goto is some of his best work yet. He's funny and silly while really working his vocal registry in ways I've never heard him go before. Amon's pick for best lead performance in a comedy goes to Stephen Fu in City Hunter Shinjuku Private Eyes. Amon says, I know the odds of any of the old City Hunter series being dubbed is nil, but it'd be nice if they could redub some of the older movies with the Shinjuku Private Eyes cast. Fu is an absolute blast as Ryo, and I would pay good money to hear him do it all over again. Jamal's pick for best lead performance in the comedy goes to Howard Wang for Kakushigoto. Howard's hamminess and eclectic punchlines gave Kakushigoto the edge it needs. Now, if only the character could take a chill pill every once in a while, but that's what makes him endearing. That's what makes the show, period. Uh, Jackson's pick goes to Genie Torado for My Next Life as a Villainous, All Routes Lead to Doom. He says, It takes something special for a harem protagonist to be the best part of their show. For someone to knowingly be in a dating sim and still be dense enough to say, God, what good friends I have. Genie is very likable as Baccarina. <laughs> Baccarina, god damn it. Hey, Baccarina. Hi. All right. Wheel decide, wheel decide, wheel, spin, spin, spin. Wheel, wheel decide, turn, turn, hardy. All right. Okay. Uh, when I was trying to come up with choices for this award, I realized this year I really hadn't been watching many comedies. Um, and so it was initially kind of hard to to uh, to choose people for this one. Because um, I skipped out on Kakushi Goto. I skipped out on Obedens, uh But I did watch this one all the way through. Mm-hmm. And so for my silver award... I have to, in fact, give it to the Baccarina. Because (laughs) Jeannie being able to play as her younger self and six different versions of her and also her teenage self and basically turn this, what is meant to be this mean-spirited, hateful, just rotten girl and change her fate by just being nice. That's all she had to do. And and she's so intent on basically not hitting the doom ending. And all she has to do to not get the doom ending is be a good person. And it, it was really nice seeing this, this type of character, how she's drawn and how she's animated. That usually would be the, you know, bitchy One-sama. Oh, no, Ojo-sama. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh, Ojo's yeah. more. Oh, 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 oh. Ojo's more That's Ara Ara. Get it right. Oh, god damn it! Yeah. You would know Mercedes Milk Boy. <laughs> I. Why do you keep saying Mercedes? I think I'm going Bernadetta for my first route. Yeah. No, I'm always any, gonna call you the no. Milk Boy. Yeah, fair. But anyways, I I do have a sot spot for Katarina, but well, the hairlock helps a lot, obviously. Yeah. For reasons. Yes. But uh, but yeah, she was my choice for for my silver award. Okay, dun, there's dun, something dun. to say about being able to take a character normally you would absolutely despise, 
and by means of the dub, turn them into someone or some a performance that gets a chuckle out of you. Uh, Trina Nishimura was able to do this years back as Akko. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily Nees was able to do this with Umaru. Mm-hmm. And so this year, I'd like to continue the tradition and give my gold award for best lead comedy to Monica Rial as Uzi Kichan. <laughs> oh! oh! Ah. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Yes, because we have this big boobed thing. <laughs> thing. thing. <laughs> we don't even know if she's human. It's fine. Yes. And she's just the most annoying little git, but somehow, someway, Monica's able to bring the helms and, and make... Just, if nothing else, not make the character more endearing, but the way she's able to just make Rico's Rico's character just sort of just cringe and just the way she's able to get reactions out of him. I think that is worth its weight in gold. And I know controversial opinion aside, I think she really did a good job with it. And that's all I'm standing by it. Wheel decide, wheel decide, turn, 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 turn. turn. Wheel decide, lands on Megan. Oh, boy. Oh, boy! What is this, uh, best lead in a comedy? Yes, Mm -hmm. lead in a comedy. Yay! So, let's talk about being the straight man. (laughs) Oh, no, here we go again. So, if Shin was the straight man for the sorcerers, then Mikaido was definitely it for the, uh, the people in the, in the, uh, hole. Mmm... The holies, as we call them. <laughs> really? The hole. The claw. Oh, boy. Uda's here. Oh. Nikaido go down the hole. <laughs> Nikaido go oh. down the hole. <laughs> Nikaido go down the hole. <laughs> so this is for Reba Burr as Nikaido in Dora Hidoro. I thought she was adorable. I thought she would. Yes, I find Nikaido adorable. Yay! Me, me looks at looks at Hubert's vampire ass for fucking three houses. He's adorable. Um. <laughs> if nothing else, Dora Hidoro has proved that muscles can be cute too. Yes. Yes. Muscles are bowing. It breaks character type by design, and it's fantastic. I I love I love Reba Reba as Nikaido. I thought it was this right level of warm and friendly while being absolute a twinge of absolutely insane. But also, there was such a genuine pathos in her character. Like, I think that's really hard to achieve in a show as darkly comedic as Dora Hidoro. That she felt like the warm, emotional center of, like, a mushy, demonic cookie. <laughs> like, it looks like a cookie. Like, okay, look. That's a... a, a the, the world of the whole is, like, a cookie that Snoop would make. <laughs> like that is Martha and Snoop putting oh, some fucking like fucking weed in there and just sitting on the couch and That's going, amazing. "Yeah, man." And Reba is the mushy chocolate chocolate weed chips. That's amazing, <laughs> and I loved her performance. But my this is the best analogy there's ever been. <laughs> the Dora Dora weed cookie. Yes. 
AMV held to that, and it's literally Gohan and the dinosaurs getting high. And I've only associated that song with that. My goal for best lead in a comedy goes to everyone's queer that cares. That is a line from the movie. Don't yell at me. Shakina Nifak as Hana in Tokyo Godfathers. She is such a breath of fresh air. She is absolutely hilarious. She hams it up when she needs to. She brings out, the, like Jackson said, the genuine pathos. You will have tears in your eyes from both laughter and, and like genuine sad emotion from this performance. It is a it is outstanding. And I am so happy that the team over at NYAB Post cast Shakina in this role. Because I don't think anybody could have brought Hana's life to voice in English the way that she ever could. It is a beautiful performance. You will laugh. You will cry. You will also want to punch a fat drunk man in a cemetery. Um, absolutely watch the Tokyo Godfather sub. Shikina is the highlight. Yay! <sighs> Lead in a comedy, yes? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ah. Uh, ah, uh, yes. <laughs> My award winners for best lead performance in a comedy are rather interesting. My silver award, if there's a slight trend going on with me tonight, if there's any at all, is that a lot of my now adopted anime children seem to be winning currently. And my gremlin bathroom ghost (laughs) child, uh, kinda, I I had to, (laughs) I had to give it to Justin Ryder. (laughs) In Toilet Bound Hanukkah-kun. Um, <laughs> because this was, I think it was described as a mix of Deku, but also luck energy <laughs> melded together into one adorable being, fucking gremlin energy. Like, he he messes with you all the time. It's great. And I just love Hanako so much. I love him so much. Picking Justin as my silver was very difficult because my other person was actually Howard Wang for Kakashi Goto. So it was very hard. Um, but in the end, I gave it to Justin for my gremlin, my gremlin ghost child. To which, fuck you, Gigi, I love you. <laughs> she gave me, as a present for Christmas, uh, a Hanako Nendo. Aww. And he's a precious. He's precious. I love him. Um, to which I have more shelves, so I can actually put my Nendos out. It's great. Huzzah! Yay! Thanks, sister of mine. Uh, as for my lead in a comedy, it was kind of stolen from me a little bit, I guess. I, I kind of. Um, by definition, even though there are dramatic moments, this film by definition, is deemed a comedy. That's why she is currently on here as my gold winner. And, but boy howdy, Shakina Nafak fucking sold me as Hana. Yeah, bitch! And this is for a character where, for when when the movie first came out in Japan, they went the route of having a male actor voice a trans character. Um, because 
it, I don't think it was as socially accepted at, back then at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a crying shame that they had to go that route, but what can you do? But when they got a hold of it here and finally dubbed it this past year, I am so happy that they took the chance to cast Shakina, not only as a trans actress, but she has this energy, this enthusiasm about Hana that you just love and you can't help but watch her the entire way through. And again, that doesn't necessarily mean she doesn't nail the emotional dramatic moments either. She absolutely does. But Hana as a character is so endearing and so wonderful. Um, and her motivations and everything. Everything about Hana as a character is simply fantastic. And Shakina nails every aspect of it. And so I could not give it to this gold award to anybody else but Shakina uh, for Tokyo Godfathers. Okay. Shift in gears, I believe, yeah. I believe we're ready for the next award. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go from the ha-has to the boo-hoos. Yes. Took the words right out of my mouth, Hardy. Let's talk about the best lead performance in a dub for drama. Andrew, could you start us off, please? Noah's pick for best lead performance in a drama goes to Jonah Scott for B-Stars. He says, soft and low, slightly mumbled and with just enough crazy energy in the right moments jonah absolutely carried this character from internal monologues to the final lion fight it's not easy to be compelling with a subdued voice but thanks to the respect given for legacy's plight this performance was a howling good time uh jet's pick for best lead performance in a drama goes to jason douglas for after the rain he says Jason did a really great job capturing the essence of Kondo's character as goofy but exhausted middle-aged man and his dramatic scenes really tugged at my heartstrings. This was one of the best performances of his career and one that more people need to check out. Roots' pick for best lead performance in the drama goes to Aaron Phillips for Great Pretender. He says... A show about con men requires acting on a pillar above most normal shows as an actor then has to put on an act to top on an act. Aaron Phillips nailed that act spectacularly. Gigi's pick for best lead performance in a drama goes to Lucy Christian for Pet Girl of Sakurasou. She says, Lucy has been around for a while, but this is one of my favorite performances of hers ever. She hit all the ridiculous comedy moments, but even more, she hit the dramatic ones, which made me cry so, so much. If you haven't watched this dub yet, you are truly missing out. My pick for best lead performance in a drama goes to Jonah Scott for B-Stars. In as bleak a year as 2020 was, truly one of the shining lights it gave to us was Jonah Scott as Legacy. A truly complex, multifaceted good wolf boy delivering some of the best dramatic work I've heard all year. Jonah truly showed what he was capable of on the global stage, and I can't wait to hear more in Season 2. 
Ahmad's pick for best lead performance in a drama goes to Shakina Nafak in Tokyo Godfathers. When you can make translations of haiku sound like both natural and poetic in spoken English and also extremely extra, you know you've done Hana the justice she deserves. Here's hoping we hear Nafak in more dubs in the future. Jamal's pick for best lead performance in the drama goes to... Justin Briner for My Hero Academia Heroes Rising. It's no surprise My Hero was going to end up on the list somewhere. It's a surprise it ended up on my list as Justin portrays Deku's selflessness and brought me to tears during a certain scene. If you know, mm -hmm. you know. As I, I hear Andrew screaming in the goddamn theater all over again. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Jackson's pick for best lead performance in a drama goes to Macy Ann Johnson for Smile Down the Runway. He says... I have a soft spot for shonen heroes. And Macy does fantastic work here portraying Chiyuki's determination, cocky attitude, and frustrations. Spoon the wheel. 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 Chosen one. Shit. I'd like to bound it by a pound of nuts. That's a lot That's of nuts. Not a nut. That would be four dollars. Would you like fries with that? <laughs> hey Megan. The nuts are yours. Wee 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 Shit. Steph, have you ever seen Kung Pao enter the fist? No. <laughs> oh my god, we have to show you Kung Pao enter the fist. <laughs> Later. Not now. We are both ventriloquists, 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 ventriloquists. <laughs> we trained him wrong on purpose. As a joke. As a joke. Oh, I'm a little happy, horny honey. That is my favorite and line in the fucking movie. Anyways, Megan, it's yours. Now I have to talk about serious things when I've got fucking... Wee wee. <laughs> I have that in my head and I'm broken. <laughs> we should do. Oh man, could we do a dub talk on Kung Pao? It counts. It counts. <laughs> oh god. Party, do you want to do an alternative for Kung Pao? Yes. <laughs> oh fuck yeah, we're doing an alternative for Kung Pao into the fist. Um, Anyways, Megan. Oh, uh, let's talk about my best lead in a drama. My silver award is going to go uh, is going to go to one Josh Greeley for their performance as uh, Nika. Sakaido. I've not watched what Sakaido. Sorry, Sakaido. Sakaido in It Invaded. It's been a hot minute since I have watched It Invaded, <laughs> but let me tell you that the second that Josh did that speech in episode three, oh god, in the jail cell. <laughs> I immediately ran to the chat and said, shut the fuck up and watch it invaded. Yes. Um, it is polarizing. I have never felt that creeped out by Josh's work. Like, I, and this is somebody I say as someone who loves their work on, like, Megas Bride, where they are extra creepy. But there was some, like, it's like I said about David Harbold, where you're like, you want to look away, but you can't. And the fact that Josh balances the more darker aspects of Sakaido in the real world versus the Sakaido in the wells is so masterfully done. It is one of Josh's best performances of all time. 
My gold award goes to Lucy Christian because have you ever seen the picture of Buffy with all the pancakes? What? What? You know that one image of the girl eating the pancakes and there's just like more plates Sabrina. of pancakes and she Oh That was Sabrina, yes. not Buffy, my bad. Of Sabrina <laughs> eating the pancakes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Salem turns into pancakes and goes, Sabrina, yes. are you hungry? Three. Yes. <laughs> that is Lucy Christians this year. I could have picked between Lucy in Dawn of the Deep Soul is Reg, Lucy in Sakurasso, Lucy for my hero, or Lucy for what I'm picking now, which is After the Rain. Her performance in After the Rain as Akira Tachibana is phenomenal. I swear to God that if you think that Lucy Christian is nothing but the cutesy girl voice in anime, this will blow you away. It is dramatic. It is somber. It is the it is just so refreshing and yet you always want to be there for her mm-hmm. and just seeing her trying to get with a man that's older than her and just by the end you're just feeling this this sense and please watch our dub talk episode on after the rain i go into more detail there and i don't and i don't want to spend too much time to get up here but holy shit this to me was if any actor out there had a gear like, if I could give, like, just one person, like, the award for, like, what I who I thought had the best, perf- like, overall performance across multiple shows this year, it would be Lucy Christian. Mm. That's fair. She had a strong year this year. She had one of the strongest years dubbing. I think, outside of maybe Alex Lee, I think she's one of the strongest dub performers this year. Alex mm-hmm. and Zeno. But she is a more veteran actress. And, like for somebody who's been around so long and that so many people are acquainted to, and maybe they don't know a lot of Lucy's older works, like Princess Tutu or something that's a lot more dramatic. Yeah. This is such a, like, bold... It's a bold performance, but it's bold in a show that is subtle and elegant. Alrighty. Side note, please watch Princess Tutu. It's phenomenal. Yes. Real men watch Princess Tutu. Tutu. Fuck yeah. Shall I spin? Yes. Spin the wheel. Spin, 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 Steph. Alrighty. Okay. I'm finally not last for once. It's been a few rounds. Um, okay. <laughs> Lead in a drama. Okie dokie. Huh. Once again, my goal has been cemented for a year. But goddamn, was it hard to pick my silver. <laughs> Because there were two performances for my Silver Award that I just downright loved. And while I could have picked, I believe my other Silver was Jonah Jonah Scott for Beastars. I actually went for a leading performance in a drama that was so endearing, so charming, and you can't help but feel bad for this this kid um and wanting to achieve his dreams it's another one of my fucking kids <laughs> the theme of the tonight for Steph how many of her children are going to get awards Derek so is Ikto from Smiled on the Runway is my silver <laughs> um while I do like while I did love Macy Ann Johnson uh, as well as Chiyuki. Phenomenal performance. Personally, I loved Derek's a little more. 
because everything that this this character is going through trying to achieve his dreams but he's kind of stuck in this little bit of a rut because he's essentially the main support of the family because their mom is in the hospital and he's settling basically and everybody including chiyuki and including his sisters and his mom are like don't you fucking settle for nothing ikuto go and live your life and live and achieve your dreams and his entire character arc is just so wonderful and so heartfelt that Derek Snow just sold every aspect of it, and I absolutely loved it from start to finish. <sighs> wee wee. <laughs> but look here. This individual still seems to surprise me at every single turn in every show that they do. And they could play a prince. They could play some weird-ass character that originated our Black Magic Award. <laughs> um, they could play... <laughs> they could play this humanoid bird hero thing. Um... Revelry in the dark. Revelry yeah. in the dark. But Revelry in the dark. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. But to say that this performance is the most psychologically dark that this, this individual has ever portrayed speaks volumes to their talent as an actor. So, I have to give it to Josh Greeley as Norisigo slash Sakaido in Invaded. If you've watched It Invaded, you know exactly why I would give this to him. If you watched the episode, the Death Talk episode we did that covered It Invaded, you know exactly why I would give this to him. If not, please go watch both It Invaded and our episode on it. Josh had to go to some very dark places, and Megan, Megan said this before. That whole dark spiel that he that um they had in episode three i think you said it was it goes to a very d interesting place and to see josh go to that deep dark level and continue throughout the course of the entire show because you learn that narisigo is very a very fucked up individual to see to say the least that josh had to go to some lengths and probably some dark places to pull that out and give the performance that he that they did speaks volumes. And again, continue they continue to surprise me as this phenomenal actor and this versatile actor. So 100% my best lead in a drama, Josh Greeley for Invaded. All right. So, best lead in a drama. Let me explain to you my choices. Uh, back before we changed the categories, when we still had them separated by actor and actress, mm -hmm. these were my choices for gold in each category. And really? so okay. when I when we did change the categories, what I just did was I just took the actress and put it in the second category, and I was done. It's been like this for ever since we changed the categories. Now, 
so I don't want to, I want to specify, I don't want to separate, separate these by gold and silver and make it come across as sexist. These are equally mm -hmm. perf great performances. I have to admit it's kind of cheating a little bit, but there's just something about having one of your all-time favorite actors come back and play one of your all-time favorite roles, just like we did with uh, Steve Bloom last year. And though I, I, I gave it to this person, easily could have been my golden choice, but I wanted to be fair because this is a reprisal. And I wanted to give the gold to someone new, or, or a rather new role, actually. Sorry. Um, but uh, so for my silver award, I give it to Mary Elizabeth McGlynn as the major in Standalone Complex 2045. Because regardless of the quality of the show itself, there's just something about hearing that just sultry, satin, yet husky, and, and fe feminine, and yet dominant voice back. It just does it for me. And so, yeah, it's an easy choice, but it's one that I stand up for. But for the Gold Award, it was the way... It's the same thing I picked out in January, and it stayed until the whole year round. It's got to be Josh Greeley in Invaded. Hell yeah. yeah! Yeah. No, it's just from the episode three onwards. That just it was it was def career defining. Mm -hmm. I'd have to describe, and for a person who already has a very impressive career, and that's really saying something. So they've been around the block for so long mm. again i i i said again they can still surprise me yeah. <laughs> at every because josh has been around since the adv days if you can believe that yes I mean, uh, yes. josh was originally supposed to be the voice of simone and gurren Logan, i believe <laughs> yeah that's kind of insane that's a that's a, a wild thing oh yeah mm -hmm. so yeah all right yay so our next award is another viewer's choice award. I get to read it this time. Uh, it's for our viewer's choice award this time is for best lead performance in a dub. Hall, okay. I must say hallelujah. I'm like, why am I trying to say hallelujah? Because uh, <laughs> it's raining men. Now, maybe I don't know. I will not lie. My favorite meme lately is, uh, you know, the end of Star Wars, uh, uh, Rise of the Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Mm -hmm. The the what's your name, right? Pray what? Ning men. What? Hallelujah. <laughs> and literally in the part where she sees the force ghosts of the uh, Skywalkers, it's literally uh, the Weather Girls. Nice. It's my favorite meme of late. Anyway. Uh, the Viewer's Choice Award for Best Lead Performance in a Dub. Your nominees are Lee George for Apare Ranman, Josh Greeley for It Invaded, Macy Ann Johnson for Smile Down the Runway, Gabe Kunda for Decadence, Alex Lee for Doro Hidoro, Shakina Nafak for Tokyo Godfathers, Aaron Phillips for Great Pretender, Jonah Scott for B Stars, Jeannie Tirado, My Next Life as a Villainess, All Routes Lead to Do, and Howard Wang for Kakashi Goto. And your winner is. Jonah Scott for B Stars. Oh! Congratulations, Jonah. It is 
Well-deserved, my good sir. Mm -hmm. I always thought you said well-served. I'm like, oh, kind of like a rabbit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm. yeah. Rabbit. The big piss pulled through. <laughs> Fuck. Mm. Rabbit. Oh, y'all are horrible. Congratulations, Jonah. Congrats mm. to Jonah for B-Stars and Legoshi. All right. Le, le, Legoshi. All right. Our next award is for best writing in a dub. Uh, Self-explanatory. It's the writing, the script writing adaptations that we absolutely loved from the year. Andrew? Starting us off, uh, Noah Clue's pick for best writing goes to Leah Clark for Toilet Bound Hanako-kun. When your notes on a show's writing is just the funny one-liners that you want to remember, you know your writer's done good. Yes. The wise words of Nene, hand me all of the stacks. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jet's pick for best writing goes to Jalen K. Cassell and Koi Dao for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Golden Win. Jalen and Koi did a good job continuing to punch up the dub script for JoJo's just enough to add the fun without getting too far off course. And all the gratuitous Italians sprinkled in gave it some extra flavor. Roots' pick for best writing in a dub goes to Jared Green and Tyler Walker for Apare Ranman. I knew from the moment I sat down to start watching it that Apare Ranman would be my cup of tea. Helping this along was how snappy and punchy the dialogue for the dub was written. Felt incredibly natural. Gigi's pick for best writing goes to Marissa Lenti for Actors Song Connection. <clears throat> I have to say this part eh, loud because of caps lock. <clears throat> oh god. Thanks for the memes, Marissa! No, seriously. <laughs> this writing turned what could have been a straightforward translation of an idol anime, which wouldn't have caught a lot of attention to something where I was looking in every dialogue line for a joke or Easter egg. Thank you for caring about these precious boys. My pick for best writing goes to Kristen McGuire for Kakushi Goto. The sheer amount of hyper-specific Japanese wordplay on display for Kakushi Goto is insane. Christian not only managed to adapt something this tricky, but make it comprehensible, charming, and very smart. Very, very funny. Very funny. And also smart. That was, and smart. That was no small tax. Amon's pick for best writing goes to Jared Green and Tyler Walker for Apari Ranman. Possibly the funniest show I watched all year, regardless of medium, and Green and Walker's writing was a huge part of that. So many zingers and one-liners, I can't even pick a favorite, though get me a pen comes close. <laughs> Jamal's pick for best writing also goes to Kristen McGuire. The complexities and intricacies of Kakushi Goto as a whole both as a character and a whole, proved difficult to adapt even for a slice-of-life anime. Kristen stood up to the challenge and adapted the script for this exceeding expectation. And finally, the editor's choice for best writing, Jackson's pick, goes to Jared Green and Tyler Walker for Ipare Ranman. Easily the most quotable show of the past year. 
The colorful and distinct dialogue is on par with the colorful and varied cast. And with that, who's ready to spin? Wheel the side, wheel the side, go, right. go, wheel, go, wheel, go, go. Steph. Oh boy. Oh, best writing. Um, my silver goes silver for best writing goes to what I could describe as Stephanie managing to be destroyed in a matter of twenty-four to twenty-five minutes, I think. Um. So, Matt Shipman for She and Her Cat. (laughs) If you haven't seen She and Her Cat, you should. Um, It is very worth it. Um, Hardy, have you seen She and Her Cat? I have not seen She and Her Cat. You should, because you will be crushed emotionally. Okay. See, I have a very good reason for why I have (laughs) not watched She and Her Cat, and you all know it. (laughs) Yep. But to say that a short OVA about the relationship between a girl and her cat and for it to not only be very natural and for a drama like this, but to convey from the cat's perspective in particular the thoughts and feelings of their owner and growing up with them. And just living this lifespan with this cat, it crushed me by the end. And to say that Matt's writing was among the one of the highlights of She and Her Cat, it, it, uh, it crushed me. <laughs> it totally crushed me. Um, please go watch She and Her Cat. It is wonderful, and I love it. My gold award, though, is for probably one of the most intricate (laughs) shows from a writing standpoint. (laughs) And one that gives you so many goddamn laughs, it's not even funny. Well, it is funny. Um, Kristen McGuire for Kakashi Goto. (laughs) (laughs) To say that Kristen had a behemoth of a task ahead of her is an understatement. Because the original material for Kakashi Goto is from the same author as Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei. And if you've watched Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei, oh boy. (laughs) You know how intricate that the wordplay and the style um, of that show is. Um, And of course, it it lends itself as well to Kakashi Goto. So Kristen had a behemoth of a task in order to adapt it. And she did such a phenomenal job um, with all of the jokes and the mannerisms and even the cute little heartfelt moments as well between father and daughter, the writing for this show was absolutely stellar, and I couldn't give it any less than my gold award for best writing. Alrighty. Spin the wheel! Spin the wheel! Spin the wheel! wheel. wheel. Turn, wheel. turn, turn, turn! Let's go! Damn it, it landed on you again. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I could go again! Right. Oh, my turn, okay. Okay. Oh, boy. oh, oh boy. I'm going to hell for this one. Oh, God. What did you do? I love Andrew. All of us are like, oh, no, Andrew, that's a boy. This is not a good show. I should preface by saying this. 
It's actually. Oh, I know what this is. <laughs> this is a, a show full of awful characters being awful to each other, and is generally not great. Okay. But I have to commend it for its writing because it made me laugh. If you can make okay. me laugh, then I have to give you some kind of reward. <laughs> This is my silver award for best writing goes to Kyle Jones for his work on the show Peter Grill and the Philosopher's Time. God I'm gonna have to have a gonna have a hard time finding a screenshot. (laughs) Because if nothing else, the sheer effort that was put into coming up with so many different varying nicknames of Peter's Peter. Nice over your spunk, junk. I. It's got it's fucking Monica and Jamie's list of of like synonyms for boobs and ass, isn't it? Basically, <laughs> Except for this yeah. time, it's baby better. Yeah. No, just the sheer amount of I can't even remember them. That's the thing. Unfortunately, I tried to watch an episode of the dub before we recorded this, so I could remember a few. Um, mm-hmm. I completely forgot them and they apparently have taken the dub off of Verve on High Dive for some strange reason. I think it's still up on High Dive the website, but I can't watch it through Verve anymore. But um, if if you can force yourself to watch watch the dub of Peter Grill, you'll hate yourself, but you'll laugh. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, Fun fact, when we were all listing shows for uh, for us to recommend to each other to watch in getting preparation for the dubbies, that was my number 10. And I wrote out to the side, literally, you'll hate yourself, but you'll laugh. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. But and on, more, on, on a more serious note, for my goal award, I have to go more serious. Sci-fi can be really difficult to write depending on how... Uh, complicated it can get um the more psychological stuff can be hard to translate over um but i think in this case especially combined with our actor that we mentioned previously Mm, i think i know where this is going now how our main character uses his own wordplay and talk no jutsu Ninja now. Yeah, no. To literally, he can talk you into literally killing yourself. Just his the prose that he uses, the way that he he weaves his words and affects your mind. Mm -hmm. It really stands up for both the performance and the writing. And so, for best writing, I'm going to give it to Aaron Dismuke, Clayton Browning, and Jamie Markey for it invaded. Hell yeah! Yeah. Whoever right. actually had to write for that scene, oh boy. <laughs> it Megan turned. It Megan turned. So my silver award is going to go to Marissa Lenti and Amanda Lee for actor-song connections. Mm. Marissa for making a script that is as heartfelt as it was fucking hilarious. Obviously, like, if you've seen Marissa's Twitter or talked to her, she is very passionate about actors. And it came through in her writing, and it was phenomenal. Yes. But to talk about Marissa's work as if she was the only writer on the show is a disservice to Amanda Lee, who 
did all of the lyric writing for every song in the show. Mm -hmm. The fact that these two worked in tandem together so well to put together what is, I think, honestly, a core part of one of the best dubbed idol, the best dub for an idol anime that is out there, speaks volumes. And they would have gotten gold if it wasn't for the dub that had some of the best writing this year. I love you, Marissa. I'm sorry. But Jared and Tyler made me laugh a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Opera Romlin script. I love the fact that it is snappy and funny, but it never lost a sense of the time period that it was in. And let me tell you this. The fact that that show never used breasticles, boobs, titty, but instead decided to call boobs your mama's milk bags. Yes! Is my <laughs> Fuck favorite yeah. fucking thing in the world. <laughs> I absolutely love this dub. It is hysterical as it is heartfelt. I love all of TJ's writing, like the, the we do in shots. Or in the, the it, when, um, you can all stop being jackasses, uh, there is, it is so good. It is so freaking good. And I would, like, I cannot give more compliments to Jared and Tyler. And especially Jared, who has only been, like, like on Funimation's mainstream writing staff for, like, a year. Yeah. It's very impressive, actually. Like, Jared is such an impressive writer to me. And he should be doing more shows. And I want to see him try to do all types of show. He's shown me he can do a men's drama with Stars Align. He's shown me he can do comedy. I need him on, like, psychological thrillers. I need him on, like, rom-coms. Oh, please, put him on psychological. I will eat that shit up. I would love to see Jared Green be the writer for Moriarty the Patriot. <gasps> please. I still haven't even I'm watched I'm wishing for things Moriarty, that I don't have animation for. Please dump Moriarty for the love Please, of God. Please, for the love um, of God. I haven't even started it I'm, yet. I want I'm to done. So bad. I'm done. Congratulations to Tyler and but, but mostly you, Jared. <laughs> Alright. I'm sorry that sounds really mean, but like, it's Jared. <laughs> he went, That dump went to Jared. It's Jared's. Jared's. Oh, Jesus. Alright. They went to Jared's. Fuck you. <laughs> I just made that joke. Don't you steal my thunder. I'm not stealing your joke. I was elaborating on it. Oh, yes. Jesus Christ. All oh, right. No, he's hot. Almost there. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Oh, we're oh. halfway there. We are more than halfway there, bitch. Dog elected right. mayor. Our next. <laughs> what? Huh? <laughs> Thank you, Hardy, for that. Wee you, wee. Wee you. Anyway, our next award. <laughs> While best writing is good and all fine and dandy, we also have to give credit to another behind-the-scenes staffer in all this. Because having writing is great, having vocal performances is great, but if you don't have someone to tell them how to do those vocal performances and say those lines the writer writes, it makes things a little difficult. So, our next award is for best director. Andrew, could you please give us the winners for the hosts for Best Director, please? Yes, ma'am. Starting us off with Noah Clue. Uh, his pick for Best Director goes to Bob and Megan Buckles for B-Stars. He says, 
existential wolves and insecure sex bunnies could have absolutely become laughable in lesser paws. Thank Beastars that both Bob and Megan led every performance, both serious and comedic, to match the tone that made this one of the biggest hits of the year. Jet's pick for Best Director goes to Michael Snyder, Mike Sinter Nicholas, Kyle McCarley, and Stephanie Shea for Great Pretender. He says, Between all the different languages spoken throughout the show and several characters having to put on an act, this couldn't have been an easy to direct let alone dub, but the team at NYAB Post did a great job and all four directors bounced off each other seamlessly. Roots' pick for best director goes to Jeremy Inman for It Invaded. Mm, okay. In the era of simul dubs, Jeremy Inman has proved himself an incredibly capable and versatile director. I was honestly torn between giving it to him between It Invaded and Decadence, ultimately choosing the former because of how crisp and bone-chilling the performances were. Gigi's pick for Best Director goes to Amberly Connors for City Hunter Shinjuku Private Eyes. She says, Thank you so much for the care you put into this dub. I heard about going back to try and track down the old ADV voice actors, but when that hit road hit a block, you went and changed the whole map. Being a fan of the old series, this really captured the spirit of it while crafting something brand new. My pick for Best Director also goes to Michael Cinder Nicholas, Kyle McCarley, Michael Schneider, and Stephanie Shea for Great Pretender. Great Pretender to me is one of the most ambitious dubs of the year. Each arc is directed by a different person, but all have some spectacular standout performances that truly stick with you. This team of confidence men pulled this job off perfectly. Ahmad's pick for best director goes to Jeremy Inman for It Invaded. He says, It Invaded is the exact kind of jargon and philosophy-heavy show that could be dragged down by a poorly made dub, but that did not happen here. Inman directed and cast this show extremely well, allowing the characters to have unique voices and superbly matching their personalities from the original Japanese track. Once again... Jeremy Inman shows that he's very good at making the creation of a dub this complicated look simple. Jamal's pick for Best Director goes to Natalie Rose for Bofuri. Jamal says, I wanted to highlight some new directors this year, and Natalie provided a unique touch to the show, from the core cast to her directional approach. She definitely made Bofuri blossom beautifully. Both for oh. your blossom beautifully. Both for your blossom beautiful. Oh, God. BBB? Blow lucky about it No. <laughs> Something like that. And da, Jackson. And <laughs> Jackson, with our editor's choice, goes. His editor's choice for best director goes to Jeremy Inman for decadence. Mm, okay. He says it would be easy in a show as fast paced as this for the emotional beats to not feel earned. Jeremy brought together a great cast, giving very believable performances for a very unconventional show. My only problem is when Natsume is on screen, no one asks, where is Natsume? <laughs> God damn it, Jackson. Natsume <laughs> is a good girl. Oh, Natsume is a good girl. Precious bean. Yes. We'll decide. We'll decide. Actually, actually no, the precious bean is uh, Kaburagi. It's pipe. 
You are correct. <laughs> Rest in peace, Pipe! Pipe! <laughs> Rest in peace! I love when I asked the director- I asked the director on Reddit what Pipe was based off, and then they said it was a beluga whale because we find beluga whales adorable, and he's not wrong. There, that is adorable. I love it. Anyways, who's the adorable bean that this is gonna land on? It Hardy. It's me. Okay. I'm the cute one. It's me. Hardy's, the... Hardy's our favorite beluga whale. Yeah. Hello. It's, it's me. me. <laughs> it's me you're looking for. I can see it in your eyes. Do you remember that Starbucks commercial where it's it's making fun of that video and he, he builds the girl's entire head out of starbursts? Oh, I God. didn't know that. I'll have to, I'll have to give you the commercial. Yeah. Yes, right. please. But anyway. All right. Best director. Okay. So, a lot of people have been giving Jeremy Inman this award for It Invaded. I'm going to switch things up. I'm giving it to him for Decadence. Okay. Because while it, both shows are definitely deserving of uh, this award, I think Decadence was recorded much closer to when within the pandemic and so we had to put a lot more effort into getting it running constantly uh, recording from home and and getting the actors all synced up and it takes a lot of work and i can really appreciate the 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 um the the hard work that that everyone put in and jeremy's already shown us with with uh, Oh, what's that stupid show? Uh... Which one? <laughs> Golden Cowboy? No, 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 no. It's the it Isekai. Golden Cowboy Isekai... is far from Isekai Quartet. Isekai Quartet. Yeah, because he's already used to recording from remote locations. Very true. Yeah, and so <clears throat> it's not finished yet, and episode 11's still not working for me for some reason. But the fact that they were able to keep it going during such a trying time really shows how hard that Jeremy and his team have put the hard effort that they have put into it. And I can really appreciate that. Um, okay. But for my gold, I have to give it to, I have to agree with Andrew in this. I have to give it to the team of center Nicholas, McCarley, Schneider and Shay for great pretender because that is such a complicated dub that with all the different languages and all the different accents and all the different pieces having to come together, uh, it could not have been an easy, easy thing to go through. And yet, I think as far as a well-made product, I think it just stacks up so incredibly well. I can, I would be remiss. I could probably find a flaw in this dub, but I'm not going to go out looking for it. I think it is, it's just so polished. Cool. Mm -hmm. Back to the wheel to side, bitch. Let's go. Wheel. 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 Megan. Oh, okay. It's my me. turn. Megan. Yay. So my silver award for this is going to go to Kyle Colby Jones for Made in Abyss, Dawn of the Deep Soul. Nice. Mm. I love the entire dub of Dawn of the Deep Soul. It's not as strong as some of the other dubs I have on here or that we've talked about at night tonight. But I think that the improvement that happened from the dub of the main series over to the dub of the film mm -hmm. is worth calling out. Yes. Because there are parts of the main Made in Abyss dub that are very rough. 
Um, there is a couple of miscastings, um, but the movie cast is out of the park. I think Kyle directed and cast these characters through cast these actors and directed them as their characters through some of what I would uh, I would have to think is some of their most outright disturbing imagery that they've had to go through. Uh, especially um, uh, Karbowski, um, Brittany Karbowski as Nanami, uh, Nanachi, sorry, uh, Brittany Lauda as Rico, um, and especially Lucy Christian as Bragg yes. and uh, Avery Smithart as Prushka. Yes. Uh, those two especially have some of the most graphic moments in the movie that will make you incredibly uncomfortable. And Kyle's handling of this with such a deft touch really came through. And I know that, again, a lot of Maiden Abyss sub-only people aren't going to like this choice, but frankly, go fuck yourselves. Um, mm -hmm. That's all I gotta say. Kyle's working there is there. But uh, it's time for the uh, Megan's annual Caitlin Glass Award. Um, Yay! <laughs> every year I keep giving her something! And that's this. I think Caitlin Glass is the best director at Funimation in the in-house studio. She is knocking it out of the park every time. She has, I think maybe outside of Marissa Lenti and the sound cadence, uh, Marissa and Amber over at Sound Cadence, I think she's honestly has some of the biggest balls out there as a casting actor. Um, and her work for Apari Ranmon, because I gave this to her for Fruits Basket last year, exemplifies this. To have a show that is from a very well-liked studio as an original, um, and she had this last year with PA Works and Fairy Gone, and this came out a lot better, that a lot of people were a lot more hyped for. Um, having her come through and say, in this dub, I am going to put, as the core three members of Team Opere, I am going to put three people of color. Mm -hmm. In Lee, um, Yvonne, and Emmy. To have all three of them also be names that I think a lot of fans aren't familiar with. And then to say, okay, I'm going to have to bring in actors of color to keep the spirit of this alive. And I obviously should also be giving a lot of credit to her assistant, Sean Gann, for this, who is also, uh, I would love to start seeing him get a lot of solo work too. Yes, please. I'd love but, to see it too. Um, Caitlin's touch on Opera was fantastic. And I think as the main director for it, she put together a great dub with a great cast and led them through it well. Obviously, you've seen throughout the night how many accolades we are giving to Opera as a series. And there's a good reason behind it. And Caitlin is the pun intended because, in the words of Hana, um, in the words of Hana from Fire Emblem Fates, uh, all of my puns are intended. I'm not a coward. <laughs> she was the real driving force of this dub. Ah, <sighs> uh, I just got that. Fuck. <laughs> Lovely. I believe that means it's me, correct? Yep. Yes, indeed. So, while Megan has her yearly Caitlin, Caitlin Glass Award, uh, my silver continues my little trend <laughs> of my yearly uh, Clifford Chapin Award. Because, <laughs> of course I would. Um, 
I'm gonna give my silver award for best directing to Clifford Chapin for Smile Down the Runway. He, he, Clifford had a strong year on the directing front with, um, Smile, with Millionaire Detective, and with <laughs> somehow making Darwin's game tolerable, because that show is garbage, but it's fun. It's fun, stupid garbage. <laughs> but, um, in terms of Smile Down the Runway, he brought together, at least with the core cast, a fun, diverse group of individuals ranging from actors and actresses who are slowly becoming more prominent or actors and actresses who are not seen in as many roles or as many shows, i.e., in this situation, Macy Ann Johnson's first actual lead, I believe, and you have Lee George coming in as a major role as well. And the diversity of the cast the personalities of these characters it just i it's just wonderful and clifford's um attention to detail and with characters and story and everything it really shines through in honestly any of his directing work but i think that culmination definitely comes through very strongly in smile down the runway uh as for my gold award <laughs> Because I'm realizing I haven't talked about this show since our uh, since our uh, voice acting Black Magic Award, I believe. I had such a fun time with Dora Hidoro, <laughs> and the direction on it from Bob and Megan Buckles was spectacular. From <laughs> from the crazy Ebisu to the dynamic duo of um, Noe and Shin, to whatever the fuck Alex Lee was with Kaiman. <laughs> the direction was... It felt all over the place, but very contained, if that makes sense. And it hit on all the right notes and the right beats, and I just couldn't help but really, really enjoy... The directing on this dub, so my gold has to go to Bob and Megan Buckholtz here. I believe we are ready for our next award, yes? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, it's the new one. So, our next award is actually a brand new award for us. And Hardy originally was the one who suggested this one, and it's honestly appropriate and I, I know we haven't done this one in the past, but it's long overdue that we introduce mm -hmm. it. Uh, I get to be the one to actually talk about this one be this time because this is another one similar to Unsung Hero where there's a general consensus, consensus in the group as to who should receive this award. This brand new award is for is the Lifetime Achievement Award. I believe the only major com uh, qualifications, it's for... It's a voice acting award, so specifically this is for voice actors. And then I believe the only other guideline really is um, it has it goes to voice actors with over 20 plus years of experience, I believe is the time frame we gave. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. that being said, I have a spiel I wrote up. In May of 1994, Funimation was founded with the goal of bringing anime to the English-speaking masses. 
The first major franchise they tackled? Dragon Ball Z, of course. And that's where this actor got their start. Tackling a few different roles, including an early major antagonist, this person then quickly transitioned to their first lead role and directing role. You not only can find this person in the booth, but behind it as well, after becoming the director of production at Funimation in 2006. Today, according to ANN at least, they have close to 200 acting credits and over 500 producing credits. And yes, I tried counting them all. <laughs> and I couldn't count them all. <laughs> over the years, they've portrayed a wide range of characters. An aggressive assassin, a serial killer, they took part in a class trial, gave us that sweet rock and roll, has defied church and vampires, is in training to become a hero, has the strangest of curses been placed on them, and was once a spirit detective. Each role memorable in their own way, and every time he appears in an anime, personally, this is coming from a personal standpoint, I smile and I welcome it. On behalf of the Dub Talk podcast, we'd like to give our first Lifetime Achievement Award to the Grateful King, Luan Kuwata, Adrio Kirishima, Hatsuhara Soma, and Yusuke Yurameshi, Mr. Justin Cook. So, congrats to you, sir. It is well-deserved. Um, honestly, everyone in Dub Talk just loves your work, whether it's in front of the microphone or behind it. And I think your work, your work does not go unnoticed in our eyes. And it's long overdue um, that we show that appreciation for you. So, mm -hmm. voila. <laughs> All right. Moving on. We are down to our last three awards. We are almost Yay. there. We are in the home stretch. Our next award is another Viewer's Choice Award, and I believe it's Megan's turn to present this one. Yes, it is time for our best returning dub. These are the dubs that came back this, shows that came back this year, reunited their cast, and showed us more of the story that they have to tell. The nominees are Agretzko, directed by Patrick Seitz and Kristen Perotti. Fire Force, directed by Kyle Phillips. Fruits Basket, directed by Caitlin Glass and Sean Gann. Ghost in the Shell, Standalone Complex 2045, directed by Mary Elizabeth McGlynn. Konosuba, directed by Alex Von David. Maiden Abyss, Dawn of the Deep Soul, directed by Kyle Colby Jones. My Hero Academia, Heroes Rising, directed by Colleen Clinkenbeard and Monica Rial. No Guns Life, directed by Kyle Phillips and Megan Shipman. ReZero, Starting Life in Another World, directed by Chris Kaysen. The Seven Deadly Sins, Imperial Wrath of the Gods, directed by Chris Kaysen. And the winner is... <laughs> Agretzko, directed by Patrick Seitz and Kristen Marotti. Woo! Agretzko, just like Erica Mendez, has only been nominated like three fucking times. Three times, and it finally <laughs> <Yes>. won. <laughs> and it finally did it! The Susan Wait, Lucci. This, this one wouldn't be a woo, it would be a. Oh god, how do I even fucking do a death metal screech? <laughs> 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 fucking 
in hell. Oh, <laughs> what? That sounds like a that? dying animal. Who did that? There is literally just a square <laughs> on my audacity twice where I tried to. Ooh. <laughs> oh, shit. Congratulations to the, to the. God, I have water. Congratulations to the casting crew of the Gretzko. You fucking did it! After what, three years? Well earned. Well earned. Alright. We're down to our last two awards, and they are the big ones. Mm. So, starting us off, let's talk about Dub Talks Dub of the Year. And when, I oh say, boy. and when I say dub talks, I mean us here at the podcast, our hosts. Viewer's choice is always kept for last. Thank you very much. Andrew, could you give us the winners for our other hosts for dub of the year, please? Why, certainly, Stephanie. Actually, hang on. I need to sneeze, maybe. I'm not sure. Bless you, you, question mark. Don't hold it in. Let it go. Let go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Damn it. Okay. Nothing yet. Okay. I'm gonna keep the tissue just watch. He's gonna see smack dab in the middle of this. Oh god, it's gonna happen. I'm gonna hate it. Anyways, (laughs) starting us off, Noah Clues Dub of the Year goes to B Stars, and he says, "I'm not a furry, but (laughs) that's a great way to start a sentence." Noah, thank you. The angstastic performances, both on and off stage, of Cherryton Academy couldn't have been in better English hands, given every episode the dubbing pedigree it deserved. I see what you did there, Noah, and I appreciate it. Oh, God, I He's do, He's also too. a liar. We <laughs> love Noah, though. Bless. Okay. Bless. Uh, Jets pick for dub of the year goes to... After the rain, he says, I was really looking forward to this dub and it exceeded my expectation. This show had some really tricky subject matter to handle, but everybody involved did a good job balancing it out. And both the acting and the adaptive script were great. Kudos. Roots' pick for dub of the year goes to Smile Down the Runway. He says... In a year of incredibly strong dubs under the circumstances, Smile Down the Runway stands out above the rest for me given the sheer amount of polish and care given to it in terms of casting, direction, and performances. Nothing felt out of place. Gigi's pick for Dub of the Year also goes to Smile Down the Runway. She says, This dub was just the all-around best for me this year. Perfect casting, good writing, amazing acting, and it took a lot of love, care, and professionalism. Everybody involved is a top designer. My choice for Dub of the Year goes to... Welcome to Demon School, Iramakun. Chill. <laughs> it was a tough choice to make. I was really torn between this and two other shows... But I can't lie to myself, the dub of Ira McCoon is my favorite this year. An utterly fun, delightful cast of characters where every performance and delivery sounds like everybody's having the time of their lives. A truly charming little show that came out of nowhere and stole my Demi heart. Amon's pick for dub of the year goes to... 
Dora Hidoro. Nice and simple. Oh, look! A dub for a show scientifically designed to appeal to me. <laughs> Who could have seen this coming? Oh, God bless. Amon, I love you. Ah, love you, buddy. Jamal's pick for dub of the year goes to Id Invaded. Ooh, good pick. Good pick. He says, the perfect dub doesn't exist. Wait, yes, it does. Jeremy Inman reinvents the wheel with the simplistic cats and tight adapted script, turning it into the most extraordinary dub you've ever seen. Mm. <laughs> and finally, our editor's choice from Jackson is Great Pretender. Ooh. He says, remember all that mushy shit I said last year about making me cry? Nah, fuck that. Just be awesome. <laughs> what a rip-roaring adventure that's also capable of showing people at their most vulnerable. Oh, God bless Jackson. God bless you, Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that shit. Be awesome. We love you, man. Fuck that. Oh, yes. I love it. One last time. All right. One last time. One more. One last wheel. wheel. One last wheel. One and the last wheel has task. decided Spaceman Hardy. Okay. okay. Well, I'm going to be very, very blunt okay uh one thing that has surprised me this year is that most of my favorite dub shows have actually come from netflix i i mean a lot of my favorite stuff was from the netflix side this year too so i i can see it. a lot of my favorite stuff with a lot of stuff i like too was also from netflix this is a very very yeah, year it's just it's mm -hmm. very varied this year and it's great honestly yeah because usually uh most of our nominees tend to come from from the houston or the texas-based studios like funimation right. and sentai but netflix has had a really good selection this year on top mm -hmm. of um the what the ones we've been giving all night, like Doro Hidoro, Great Pretender, Beastars. We've also had Brand New Animal, which is a great dub in its own right, even though the show is mm -hmm. questionable. Um, what are some others that we've we've enjoyed? Uh, um, I don't think I... I'm trying to think of other Netflix I mean, I, Seven I Deadly Sins out. came back, and it's just as fun as ever. Agretzko. Agretzko. There's Standalone Complex. Japan Complex. Sinks 2020. Japan Sinks is a good one. Very underrated. Please go watch it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love it. Dragon, High Score Girl, Violet. Yeah, Scissor, really Seven. Yes, Scissor Seven. Yes, I did. Scissor Seven. Scissor Seven. Gave an award earlier. Yeah. Like there was yeah. a lot from Netflix this year. And it was uh, great. Whiskers Away was this year. Yes. Mm -hmm. But and and so it should come as no surprise that both of mine are Netflix shows. I think just I'm gonna lump them both together, um, because I think as far as polish and production and acting and directing and writing and everything all wrapped up into one. My two favorite mm -hmm. shows for this year, Silver is Beastars and Gold is Great Pretender. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, I could have also added Dora Hedoro as a third, um, but I mean, as far as I'm concerned, those were two, my two, those are my two favorites this entire year. Awesome. Are we going back to our last wheel spin? Last wheel last spin. Last wheel spin. Last wheel spin. Give it Actually, to us, baby. Actually, you know what, Steph? Let me go next, and I'll let you finish. What? Well, good oh, news, no, Megan. You're next on the <laughs> wheel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, I could have. I also like to let it Netflix stubs this year. And while I could have put, um, while I could have put 
Great Pretender, because I do recognize that Great Pretender is probably objectively the best dub that came out this year. Mm -hmm. I also wanted to highlight two things, two other dubs that I thought deserved their fair recognition as well. And yes, after and here's the, there's one performance that's actually holding Doro Hidoro off from being on my best list because it did the cardinal sin of one of the things I hate in anime dubs. Mm. And in good faith, I couldn't give it to that. Okay. I could have obviously put Fruits Basket in here because as I said very, very, very adamantly last year, Fruits Basket to me is one of the best dubs that is currently put out right now. It is up there with My Hero Academia as one of the best long-running ongoing dubs. And I say long-running as in after this year, it's going to top over 70 episodes, yeah. potentially. Because it is confirmed for season three. Three. And and I could I would honestly say Black Clover's kind of up there too, but maybe a step down from Fruba and My Hero. Mm-hmm. Um, and and sometimes that's just because of the quality of the show itself. Yeah. Um, because I have I have a lot of personal gripes with as much as I like Black Clover. There's a lot of gripes that it's done lately that makes me. As much as you like it, you also hate it. Hate it. Yes. But not Asta. He's a good. And I can, like I said, <laughs> Asta doesn't have a neck anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Buff Asta is like some fucking like protein shake nightmare fuel hallucinating demon. <laughs> um, that is a combination of words I did not expect to hear. Anyway, yep. says the says the guy who called Ebisu a ger uh, sleep paralysis demon. Shut up. Um, like I said, I could easily give this to Fruits Basket. Mm-hmm. My silver word for dub of the year. While I do think it is technically stronger than my gold. Is Apare Ranmon. Mm. Apare Ranmon is one of the easiest shows I have ever had to watch for dub talk, and its dub is simply sublime. It made it so accessible. It had fun writing, fun casting, fun sound mixing, even though I didn't give it an award for sound mixing because the other stuff I put was really good, but everybody doing it from home was fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, there is such, it's such a fun, colorful cast for such a fun, colorful show. It has a cast that makes that world feel lived in, and that's a lot to say. My gold for this, however, is going to After the Rain. And I do not say this lightly when I say that After the Rain is the best dub that Sentai has ever produced. Sentai is a studio that, while it has some good dubs and some great dubs, they are also known for some pretty questionable decisions. Mm-hmm. After the Rain is a is them at their best. The casting is phenomenal, the writing is great, the direction is on point. It takes a cast that if you looked at it on paper, you would not believe that that was done at Sentai. And yet it works great. And it is a crying shame that it is locked to DVD only. Yes. Definitely pick it up on a sale yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. my The only reason I this got gold over like Dora Hidoro, uh, Great Pretender, and Operate is that when it is, when I can effectively say this is the best this studio has ever done. Right. That says a lot. Yes. Yeah. All right, boss lady. (sighs) Me. My two awards. May seem very simplistic to some, but it's also me, so it makes a lot of sense. My silver award goes to a show that has actually been previously described tonight as one that pays... Very close attention to detail, has amazing performances, 
outstanding writing and it's just overall wonderful and a great great show my silver award is for smile down the runway i have like smile down the runway is one of those shows that has stuck with me throughout the course of the year as one of the fun highlights to me and while there are other shows and trust me this award was very very difficult to try and figure out there are many other shows like Great Pretender, like Apare Rama, like Dorohidoro, Beastars, freaking Tokyo Godfathers. All of those shows are fantastic in their own right. But Smile Down the Runway just inches them out because it's so endearing and the love and attention that was put into it speaks volumes. Um, so that's why. Now for my gold award. I'm going to kind of link this back a little bit because I did not finish my dub of the year picks until about 30 minutes before we actually started recording. And I was on the phone with Andrew. Andrew, I had also not finished his dub of the year pick. And he was stuck between three shows, one of which is Welcome to Demon School, Irmacoon. And I immediately said to him, Andrew, you have been talking and shilling the hell out of the show the entire year. Why are you not making this your dub of the year? Because you love it so much and it's stuck with you the entire time. I think that kind of knocks some sense into him a little bit and that's why he picked it. But it also knocks some sense into me as well. I had this, my gold award, as a possible contender, but I took it out very early on because some of the other stronger dubs in the, in the whole year. However... After I said those words to Andrew, I immediately put it back in, and not only that, I immediately gave it my gold position. To say that a show has me invested enough to want another season, to love and adore the entirety of its production, to make me read the manga of this show speaks volumes. My gold has to go to toilet-bound Hanako-kun. It is fun, it is energetic, it has so much, it has, it also has so much care and detail put into it, and I just fell in love, and it's, the, the show as a whole stuck with me throughout the whole course of the year, because again, this is another winter series from last year. I couldn't think, I, I, I'm an idiot, I couldn't think of giving it to anything else but Hanako-kun, honestly. <laughs> and with that... We have one more award. Oh, it's the big left one. to go. It is the other big one. Hardy, I think this is you, sir. Oh, boy. You're handed. Can you give us our last Viewer's Choice Award, please? It would be my honor. This is the Viewer's Choice Dub of the Year. Your nominees are After the Rain, directed by John Swayze. Apare Ranman, directed by Caitlin Glass and Sean Gann. Beastars, directed by Bob and Megan Buchholz. Doro Hadoro, also directed by Bob and Megan Buchholz. Great Pretender, directed by Michael Center Nicholas, Kyle McCarley, Michael Schneider, and Stephanie Shea. Id Invaded, directed by Jeremy Inman and Tyson Reinhardt. O Maidens in Your Savage Season, directed by Kyle Colby Jones and Christine Otten. Run with the Wind, directed by Shannon Reed. Smile Down the Runway, 
directed by Clifford Chapin, Brittany Lauda, Kristen McGuire, and Michelle Rojas. And finally, Tokyo Godfathers, directed by Michael Center Nicholas, Stephanie Shea, Chelsea Cohen, and Oscar Garcia. Get the man voice ready. Oh boy. Yes. And the winner of the dub of the year 2020 goes to Beast Stars, directed by Bob Buchholz and Megan Buchholz. Woo! Congratulations! In a Beastars is the I think the first thing to ever sweep all of the non-returning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's I think it is. impressive. Congratulations, Congrats to the cast and crew, Beastars, ladies Beastars. and gentlemen. Yeah, and on that note, that is all of our awards for this year. We're done. We're free. Oh, we are we are free of this. But I can watch other things now. I that's... can watch other things. Hallelujah. But before we go, I can see my family again. Before we go, there are a couple other things we want to quickly address. Mm -hmm. um, and Hardy, I know you wanted to address one of those. Yes. 2020 has been a very difficult year for everyone. It's been trying times for all. Um, and this is no different than the English voice acting community. And unfortunately, we had to say goodbye to some of our actors who unfortunately lost their lives this year or last year. Um, we'd like to pay tribute to actors Bryce Armstrong, Jay Benedict, William Dufresne, and Kenny Morrow, all who lost their lives in 2020. And we'd also like to pay tribute to Brad Venable, who lost, who unfortunately passed away just last this, this last week. And even though he wasn't connected directly to the English voiceover community, <sighs> we would like to pay tribute to the one and only Zach Burchie. Because even though we didn't agree with him all the time, if it wasn't for him, a lot of us would never have found the joy in anime to begin with. So, <clears throat> please, the Dub Talk podcast would like to give our heartfelt condolences to all these men, to their friends and families, and may 2021 be a better year, and may they all rest peacefully. That is all. Oh, thank you for that, Hardy. Ooh, I'm sorry. Hardy. So I know, okay. I know. For us, this is the first time we've done an immor in memoriam, memoriam. But um, considering how this year has been, it's it's honestly it's, it's appropriate to mention those mm. um, who unfortunately are no longer with us. We 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 thank you very much. <laughs> Um, before we also go, um, I just, like I just said, um, 2020 was a very difficult year, um, for everybody. Um, not just the anime community, but the entire world, because, well, we all know why. Uh, pandemics are a thing. 
And at the start of this whole thing, when the pandemic completely took over the globe, it suddenly put a lot of people out of work. And we all know, and we're all wondering whether or not the industry was going to come back from this. And miraculously, they did. So, personally, on behalf of the Dub Talk Caucus as well, um, I want to give my heartfelt thanks and gratitude to not only the voice actors in the industry currently, um, but all of the ADR staff, whether it's directors, writers, translators, um, and especially, especially the engineers and the sound mixers who were, who jumped at the challenge to be able to adapt in a pre, during, and now for at least as far as we know of, um, post-pandemic world and being able to adapt to adapt very quickly into being able to give voice actors the chance to record at home safely so that way the dub english dubs for anime can continue to be produced and even though there was a learning curve in the beginning it's gotten to the point where a new norm has settled in and i think i speak for all of us when we say we are so grateful mm-hmm. that the whole industry didn't collapse that people are continuing to have work and their jobs and their livelihood because it's not easy right now me as someone in the entertainment industry specifically for theater i don't have a job right now so bouncing back in a spectacular way speaks volumes about the communication and coordination for every department um, in a licensing and dubbing company. So thank you very much for stepping up to the plate and adapting and continuing to create such high quality, professional, fantastic English dubs for anime. We Mm. salute you. We salute all of you. Because this year has been shit. <laughs> it has. Oh. But thank you. I think that was the last point needed to be made. Oh, sweet lord. And. It's been a year. It's been a it year. It has. It's been a year. And I hope. I hope and pray. That 2021. Every, like Things actually start getting a lot better. Honestly. But if one thing's for certain, we're still going to have anime. (laughs) We are. So hell yeah to that. (laughs) And thanks to the literal magicians that basically reinvented the wheel. Yeah. We got a lot more dubs on the horizon, too. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm already (laughs) keeping track, believe me. He does every fucking year at this point. Andrew is our secretary. For those curious, 120 anime were eligible for this year's period in particular. Yes. 
And this includes not only a pandemic, but also the qualification change in terms of time period for us since we changed it. And already, I believe, Andrew, the current number for 2021 is up to 50 uh, <laughs> in the span is... of like three months. <laughs> well, in the course of, let's see, out of October, November, December, January, February, and some March, mm-hmm. and a couple of carryovers, there are now, at the time of this recording, 53 eligible English dubs for next year's W Awards, 54 if we're going to count a certain Kickstarter one. We're still working on that. 2021 is going to be a interesting and phenomenal year we done it is time i think we're done are we ready for me to just sign off of everything at this point and go through the usual Patreon. Patreon. i gotta that's what i'm saying sign off and do the usual shit mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> okay throw so, all of them in there oh i got it um so Thank you, first of all, very much for watching this long-ass thing, because this is always a year-long spectacular, or year-in spectacular. It takes forever to record. It takes forever to fucking edit. But if you made it this far, thank you so fucking much. Um, if you are interested in following the Dub Talk podcast, the first two ways and easiest ways to do it one, if you are currently watching us on our YouTube channel, subscribe, please. Okay, thanks. Two, if you are currently listening to us on the go, please follow Dub Talk Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podbean. Please and thank you. Uh, if you want to follow any of our social media accounts, we have a Twitter. Instagram is kind of dead. Tumblr is also dead. Um, and we have a Twitch. All of them are at Dub Talk Podcast. And if you really want to support us in a different capacity... Uh, we have our Kofi account, and we also have a Patreon. Both links will be in the description if you are currently watching this on YouTube. And speaking of our Patreon, we have to thank our wonderful patrons who show the support t- to us every month. We have our <laughs> $5 tier. Uh, Michelle Travis, Miraculous Corazon, Nico Robin, but with Yowie Hands, Victor Mayborda, and I saved, the- saved this one for last, Megan's mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> yep they are precious and i love them <laughs> fuck you 2020 you couldn't take ca- cancer couldn't take away both my parents fuck yeah and then we have our ten dollar tier carly lestical crimson echidna jacob wilson j2 aka jared marissa lenti and otaku anthony thank you so much for your support if you're interested in anything that the four of us idiots like to do on a daily basis <laughs> i'm so hungry again i'm working on it shut up <laughs> my name is Stephanie. I'm sometimes also known as Lilac. You can follow me on Twitter at Lilac Anime Review with review being spelled R E V U E. I have a blog, Life and Times Otaku.wordpress.com, that I don't exactly update frequently. I need to fix that. I also do photography stuff now. Uh, I have my own print shop if people are interested in buying photography. Um, and I have socials as well. It's Stephanie Snapshot Garden. Um, if you're interested in all that fun stuff, uh, Spaceman Hardy, if you're interested in following him, you can follow him on Twitter at Spaceman Hardy. He is also, you're a moderator on the Funimation Discord or no? I am. I just very rarely show up. I was a moderator for a moderator for the website, but that's kind of dead now. So. Mm-hmm. I sometimes f- forget. <laughs> Squishy furry <laughs> 
<laughs> I l- Everyone forgets I have the titty mouse pad. Jesus Christ. Uh, speaking of titty mouse pads, I guess, uh, if you want to follow Megan and all of her bullshit, uh, you can follow her on Twitter at QueenEra2, and, sh- and, yeah, that's basically it for her, I think. Um, <laughs> she might okay. lurk around on the Funimation Discord sometimes, too, just for funsies. And I'm then we have telling you you're wrong about something. <laughs> and then we have Andrew. If you want to follow Andrew, he is at mangaman9000 on Twitter. He also is a moderator for the Funimation Discord, mm-hmm. and he's also on another podcast. He's on Surreal Resolutions Podcast ONA along with fellow Dub Talk co-host Jet. I believe <sighs> we're done. <laughs> yep. I, uh, that's it. I quit. <laughs> I fucking quit. It's uh, uh, at least we made good time because it is midnight and not three a.m. like it was last year. I just have one thing to end this uh, end this night at. Yes. Uh, Mothman. There's no Fuck. need to look down. I say Mothman. God damn it. Lift that man off the ground. I said Mothman. You destroy that old town. That's all the words I remember, but <laughs> go fuck yourself, COVID. I said go <laughs> fuck yourself, COVID. Eat my ass, <laughs> you stupid deadly disease. Also, go hit Ted Cruz in his <laughs> Okay, okay, <laughs> that's it, no. I miss you motherfuckers. I miss you fuckers bad. too. I'm Everyone's gonna be like, why is Megan so mean? I wanna hug There's a reason mother- for it, and uh, Lord Almighty. Um it's God. very justified. <laughs> anyway, that's it. Thank you for watching. May may your 2021 be filled with fun, laughter, and so much fucking more anime. Until next time. Otaku on, my friends. Wash your hands. Thank you. Yeah, no. Wear a mask, wash your hands. Be safe, be smart. I love love all you motherfuckers. Otaku on, thank you for watching. I love you too, fuckers. Bye-bye. Good night, everybody. I'm not gonna make a furry joke. Please don't. We've made enough tonight. (laughs) Just end it on howling at the moon, like usual. (laughs) There it is, boys and girls. This is my life now. Please don't cut off my balls, Mommy.